Come on out and join us at Coach's Corner. We're going to be broadcasting live here, obviously, for three and out. Uh, afterwards, we're hanging out. We're, we're working the draft uh, with everybody here. We've got a uh, nifty contest tonight. Top ten picks. Fill them out. If you get the most correct in the pro, you can't just say, hey, I had Kayvon Thibodeau. He went in the top ten. Yeah, but you had him at two. He went six. That doesn't count. Got to have him in the order he goes. And whoever gets the most right, going to win a 75. I, I don't even think I did 70. I think I just put two two tens up there. 75-inch flat screen TV uh, here at uh, Coach's Corner. So come out and get ready for the draft with us. Jaguars are on the clock. Trent Balky says, I know what we're doing. We figured it out last night. Doug Peterson told me what we're doing. No, he didn't say that, but Jags are on the clock here. They will have the first pick in tonight's draft. Falcons sitting there at eight. We'll chat with uh, DJ Shockley coming up in about 30 minutes. Chris Rim, AtlantaFalcons.com, will join us coming up in the next segment. We'll get the very latest on what the Atlanta Falcons are going to do tonight in the draft. But Ben, it is draft day. It is Vegas, uh, where everyone is. We are at Coach's Corner. There's TVs everywhere. We're not going to miss a pick. The time is here for all the, this team's going to do this and that, and somebody's finally going to have to turn something in. I'm super-duper excited for these guys, uh, Kevin. It takes me back, man, some eons ago uh, when a when you know, country boy like myself from Swainsboro, GA, got drafted in 2004. Floyd Reese, may he rest in peace. Uh, that's back when the draft was two days. Now it's three days. But I will say this. Look. I'm not going to be that person, man, you know, playing, from, playing in the University of Florida, understanding this. I am a fan of the players first, college football second, then my Gators. It is going to be the University of Georgia show, starting with the consensus, you know, for most people, number one overall picture, you know, Trayvon Walker, and rightfully so. 6'5", 275, 4'5", There were some scouts that said, going into every game, they would say the same thing. They'll talk to the offensive coordinator. They'll say, hey, man, we got to stop Jordan Davis. That offensive coordinator say, no, the problem is 44. So I just think that Trayvon Walker is probably going to be the number one overall pick, Kevin. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to have to talk about Georgia. And there he is on all these screens. I just talked him up. I mean, he's like he's looking at me right now. But, no, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to see where these quarterbacks going to go. I'm looking forward to see, you know, uh, how many quarterbacks end up going in the first round, Kevin. And, Kevin, you said something starting off. Trent Balky says he knows what's going on. Only Trent Balky knows what's really <laughs> going on, him and Mr. Khan. But, no, I think uh, Doug Peterson is going to have something to say about it. But, you know, no matter where you get drafted, I think you, it's a job well done by so many guys. I mean, I know on second down, I own Christian Gokey. I was talking about a guy like Jermaine Johnson. If you want to know how the transfer portal is supposed to look, he's at the University of Georgia. It's a very, very crowded uh, defensive line room. He goes to Florida State. He not only plays, he's the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. I think he was on last chance you, if, I, if, was, I, if yeah, I'm was, not mistaken. So think about that. Oh, so junior listen. college. To so Georgia. junior college, Georgia. Last chance, you, Florida State, SEC, ACC, about to get, about to, you know, that, that that bank account about to be, you know, his new, his name is, his name is Jermaine Chiching Johnson. <laughs> but no, I'm happy for every last guy uh, going to get drafted today and uh, even even uh, even going into uh, Friday and Saturday because we forget 250-something guys going to hear their name call. Roger Goodell is definitely going to get booed. Uh, Kirby Smart is going to be able to utilize this thing for recruiting visits for 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 years on out. So now he got the bling. You know what I'm saying? Now he finna get to add potentially the highest drafted defensive player in Georgia history, potentially the number one overall pick, and Tray- Trayvon Walker. Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, as uh, Christian said earlier, it's a Georgia infomercial. Yes. Uh, in the uh, in, in the draft tonight, and I, th- I think that's going to be the case. And 
Trayvon Walker, I, we've talked about this all week, Ben. Trayvon Walker, ever since you, like I said, you read between the lines of what's been happening for really the last two weeks, and Trent Walker's going, man, I really like Trayvon Walker. I really like Trayvon Walker. And you hear less and less about Aiden Hutchinson, and the, and the Lions just kept their mouth shut. Like, hey, I'll take Trayvon. We want the uh, Michigan uh, product right here in Detroit playing on our defense. So you look at that, and Georgia could have the number one pick in the draft. As you have said, as long as he went in the top five or six, he would have been the highest defensive player drafted ever by the University of Georgia. So that's going to happen, uh, it, it would appear. So it's been a precipitous rise. I mean, at this point, the surprise would be, I think the surprise would be if they don't take Trayvon Walker. After all this, and you do, you go Aiden Hudson or you go somewhere else, I think that would turn the whole thing up on its head. Uh, we talked everything from Epineal, but again, tonight it is about Trayvon Walker, and it looks like, you can never be certain, but Ben, you start getting an hour or two out and people are saying Trayvon it looks like that's what the pick's going to be. Yeah, Kevin, I think it comes down to versatility. I think when you think about a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, definitely burst onto the scene this year. I mean, had a banner year for a guy that's, you know, a guy in Michigan who definitely got the brand uh, equity, definitely got the coach who definitely still has NFL ties and Coach Harbaugh, but, I mean, was in New York. Now, the thing about it is, I think I think when you think about a guy that should have been in New York, I don't know I don't know if it was in Trevon Walker, probably could have been Jordan Davis or, you know, Anderson for, uh, you know, uh, for Alabama. But, yes, it's going to be now. When you think about it, Champ Bailey, I think, is the highest drafted defensive player in Georgia history. Oh, I'm sorry. Hall of Famer Champ Bailey, the def- defensive player. Uh, Matt, Stafford is, Matt Stafford is obviously the number one, but defensive player. And think yeah. about it for a second. When people ask, what did Georgia really do this year? Historic defense like we've never seen before, may never see it again. Going to set the world on fire because they're going to definitely have the most guys drafted in the 2022 NFL draft. Trevon Walker, right? He went from a mid-first rounder or a late first rounder to a mid-first rounder to a potential number one overall pick. If Aiden Hutchinson goes from number one to number two, let me tell you right this, Aiden, you did not drop. I don't want to hear that. Oh, he dropped. No. Both 6'5". I think, I think, uh, but Trevor Walker, what, I think 10, 15 pounds heavier. When, but he's played everything on the D-line. I got to say this. Dan Lanning, he does what a defensive, former defensive uh, coordinator for Georgia, not a head coach of Oregon. He did what you're supposed to do. College is about showing everything I can do. What did Tray- Trayvon Walker do this year? Play, listen, played the, play the wide nine, played the five, played the three, played the nose, dropped the coverage, uh, show, showed his versatility, showed it, showed his stuff. And people think that kind of stuff don't matter. Every time you see Trayvon Walker, you see two things, sacking the quarterback and running down receivers. For those of you who don't think hustling to the ball matters, the number one overall pick has six sacks. The number one overall pick, potentially in the 2022 draft, was not a first-team All-American. He was on the best team in the country. Definitely on the, one of the greatest defense I've ever seen. Get a chance to be number one overall because, people, it's not about the numbers. It's about the intangibles. I think the young man has it all, and he'll get to see what it's like to get tax-free dollars, baby, behind <laughs> that Duval County. And, and, again, Ben, what you're, you're talking about is what NFL teams love, motor, right? Just, hey, keep going, and, and a motor won't stop because you're at in, inside, outside. Uh, you could be utilized in a number of situations, and we're seeing that more and more where you get in those third down passing situations and guys who are, quote, you know, outside guys are sliding inside. Why? Because they're faster and they can disrupt things uh, there on the inside. So, uh, again, Trayvon Walker certainly looks to be the the pick at number one. Did I just give you a free pick in our contest? Who knows? But uh, come on down to Coach's Corner, fill it out, and if you get the most 
Uh, picks correct. You will win a 75-inch flat screen. It just came sliding in the door uh, right back over here. Uh, yeah, crane just brought, yeah, crane, a crane just lowered it. <laughs> <laughs> we was looking to the right. Okay. I was like, "Are oh, they building a wall?" No, 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 no. That that is that is a that is a seventy five inch TV. I saw I saw our own Christian Gokel looking like. Yep. Christian had to remember. No, Christian, you're not involved. Yeah. You're not. You can't win the seventy five inch. Yeah, not uh, <laughs> not eligible. But you uh, again, come out to coach's corner. Yeah. Fill it out. All you gotta do is get it in before the first pick. Uh, takes place tonight, and if you get the most picks correct, have a little fun with it uh, as well. And, and uh, we've done this the last couple of uh, years on our own, and sometimes you get you know four, five, six uh, in the first round, and there's going to be a few surprises you just don't know about. So come have a little fun with us. You never know. You may be clearing out a little extra room in the car before it's all said and done here tonight at, uh, at Coach's Court. So that being said, we know kind of get a good idea what the Jags are going to do. Falcons at eight. Uh, ben, they could trade back. There's three or four guys that you said I really like. At uh, number eight, you have um, you know possibility of who wants that pick if there's quarterbacks still on the board that maybe somebody wants. So they have options, and I think uh, – I know Christian talked about, hey, where does this draft start? I, I think it probably starts around pick three or four uh, because we kind of feel like the, what the first two are going to do. But the Falcons could literally do anything, and that's – Probably a great position to be in if you're Terry Fontenot because it's I could trade back, I could take a pick, and I'm not locked into well, this is it. We have three or four guys probably that that would fit, make sense, and be a really good addition to the team. Yeah, I think the thing is, I do think that the draft is probably gonna start around when uh when Carolina comes up, I think at number six. But for me, it is gonna start at number eight because you want to see well, Terry Fontenot, it's a full off season with this team. You kind of know what the needs are. I mean, you need a defensive end. You need, I mean, you need you need an offensive lineman. You definitely need a receiver. You need a running back. I mean, you need a safety. Like I said, Kevin, it's three people. And I'm going to go in this order. If Evan Neal, some kind of way the football guys have just held him back, and he is there, you get him. He was a potential number one overall pick. And then you start hearing about Hutchinson, and now you're talking about, you know, Trayvon Walker. If Kayvon Thibodeau was there, you got to get him. To me, I think he's the best defensive player in the draft. Not not necessarily because you know his upside is better than anybody else. He didn't tail off at Oregon. <sighs> and my number three, if he's there, Mr. Kyle Hamilton, please come on down. Because people start saying, how much do safeties really make impact? Well, if if you can't throw it over his head, he's 6'4. I don't care what he ran in the 40. I see what he runs on the field. His game speed is my he's a sideline to sideline safety. He is he is Cam Chancellor, but more athletic, right, to me. He's a thumper. He wants to come down and cover receivers. I mean, he wants to come down and cover guys in the slot. So, but in that order, Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton. But knowing me, none of those guys will be there. They're probably going to end up going with Garrett Wilson or one of these receivers. But if you want to put it. But you it, sound disappointed if that was I, the I, I, it's not so much. It's not so much I'm disappointed, Kevin. It just sometimes the draft is I want to, I want to give the illusion. Because you know, you know if, I mean, A.J. Terrell is going into his third year. Now. If you already know you're in a rebuild, maybe I have a, a number four. If you if you know you're going into a rebuild, it's going to be a long season. If you got A.J. Sorrell on one side, you got Mr. Too Much Sauce Gardner on the other side, I would like that pick because I do think that right now you know that uh, Marcus Mariota is not the guy for the future. He's the guy for right now. I do think it's going to be uh, a very, very intriguing pick. Terry Fontenot, go make your money, man. You spent 18 years in New Orleans. Now you got to do it for the ATL. We'll see what happens. And again, a, a big night upcoming. We've got so much to get to here on the show. Chris Rim, AtlantaFalcons.com, going to join us when we come back. We are live at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Come see us. Take part in our Coach's Corner Draft Challenge. Top 10 picks. And if you get the most right where they're drafted, 
You're going to walk out of here with a 75-inch flat-screen TV, courtesy of Low Country Liquidation and Repair there on West Bay Street in Savannah. we got more to come. Chris Rim joins us next. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. While we watch the draft as well. And uh, joining us here from AtlantaFalcons.com, Falcons sit there at uh, number eight. Good friend of the show. Chris Rim joins us here on 3 and Out. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. How you doing? Thanks for having me. It's always a good time to be on. Hey, hey, we appreciate you coming on, and it's draft day. Uh, Falcons sit there at number eight. They have so many options uh, that they could choose from. What do you feel like best-case scenario plays out for the Atlanta Falcons tonight? I think best-case scenario for the Falcons would be that one of the big four edge rushers falls to them or that they snag one of the offensive top three offensive tackles in the draft, and then they grab a receiver in the second round like a George Pickens, um, a you know, Jahan Dotson or Christian Watts, someone like that. Uh, but the interesting thing is a lot of those guys have been mocked anywhere from the late first to second round, so that'll be tough too. But overall, I think the gap between the top tackles and the top edge rushers versus the gap between the top receivers um, is, is a lot wider. It makes, it makes a whole lot of sense there. I know the, the Falcons have been chasing defensive ends uh, since time immemorial, it seems like. Uh, who is the one guy? Is it a Jermaine Johnson? Is it a Kayvon Thibodeau if he falls? Who, who is kind of the, the top prize there at D-end if it falls to him? I think, I, I mean, I've always loved Kayvon Thibodeau. I think, I think they're, he's been a, a consensus top three pick in this draft for as long as I can remember. And then this season happened, and there became questions about him being too focused on his brand, um, which I don't, I don't know if that's a valid concern. I think the concern about Kayvon is his effort. Um, there's not really questions about what he can do in terms of rushing the passers. Oftentimes you see with Kayvon, he'll, he'll get to his first move, and then what, what scouts say is he'll kind of – it's not that he doesn't have a counter, but he, he might not want to do it or, or doesn't, he, he doesn't feel like giving that effort on that play, but they've seen him done it, do it elsewhere. So I really like Kayvon Thibodeau. I think, you know, Trayvon Walker um, has the biggest upside – of the group, but I don't think he'll fall. I feel like Kayvon or Jermaine um, will likely be, if they are to fall, they'll be the ones that'll be there um, at eight. And also, I forgot to mention, too, I like Sauce Gardner a lot, the cornerback from Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good position to be in, right, if you're Terry Fontenot. You mean, uh, Chris, you can literally pick anybody here and improve your football yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a great spot to be in because I, I'm sure you guys know it. I'm sure you guys follow drafts and projections, and you guys are listening to what you know people are saying. But you know, all, all the, the scouts that I've talked to, and, and Terry Fontenot, even two days ago at his press conference, you know, he said that he doesn't remember a draft where, at least as long as he he's been working in front offices, where the week of the draft he has no clue who the top two picks will be. So no one has a clue at how this draft will play out, who the number one pick will be, and, and I think. It's a good spot to be in because you can just see who's left at eight instead of you know being at the in a different position or, or further back. You still get a, a good talent. Chris Rim, AtlantaFalcons.com, joining us here on Three and Out. And Chris, interesting to get your thoughts on uh, on this with Atlanta. You need everything. Uh, you're obviously I know the nobody in the building wants to talk about rebuild, but uh, you need a little bit of everything. Is there value at number eight to trade back and potentially pick up a number one for next year? So if there is a quarterback potentially uh, that you like, you could package picks to move up in, in 2023. How much value is there in what uh, people have been telling us is a pretty balanced draft in terms of the way the, the, the talent spread out there? 
Yeah, I think I think in terms of I think the challenge with with trading with trading back and trying to get more capital in next year's draft is you're kind of banking on what people will be or I think a lot of people look at that class and they say, okay, there's the, there's the top quarterbacks in that class like Bryce Young and uh, C.J. Stroud, but you know you have to be really bad to get one of those guys likely next year. And who knows, you know, what will happen this year or if there will be another QB that will pop up. I think ultimately what it comes down to is what do the Falcons, in, in the Falcons' front office, what do they think of this year's draft versus next year's draft? Do they feel like next year's draft is a deeper draft as far as first-round talent? Because Terry Fondo said a few days ago that, um, and I believe, you know, multiple people have said this as well, that there aren't, you know, they might not have 32 first-round grades on players in this draft, for example. So if you don't have 32 first-round grades on a player in this draft, then it, it might make sense if you do trade back, like out of whatever the amount of first-round grades you have for you to look at next year's class. But, yeah, it's hard for me to give you know, uh, a perfect answer there. I think it's all about what the Falcons see in this year's class and next year's class, if that makes sense. Uh, sure, yeah, absolutely. Chris Rim joining us here from AtlantaFalcons.com. Chris, uh, speaking of those quarterbacks, you have Marcus Mariota. I mean, I think everybody kind of knows two-year deal, kind of what his uh, situation is. Do you see the Falcons taking a quarterback in this draft? Uh, could they take a quarterback early and try to develop, or is that something you don't see happening here in the draft? Uh, I don't see the Falcons taking a quarterback this year. I I think if they were to take a because. I, and again, they could, they could obviously, but I, I don't see them. I think for me, I think that the Falcons should see what they have in Marcus Mariota. I also think that if there is a quarterback sitting there, but maybe at the end of the first round, who the Falcons may have a high grade on, um, or even possibly in the second round, I think it makes more sense for the Falcons to trade up into the first round to get a quarterback at, say, 32 or a pick like that, um, if you want to get someone like uh, Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter or uh, Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett, any of those guys, because if you do get them you, and you, when, when you get a first-round pick, you get to extend that fifth-year option versus if you get a quarterback in the second round, then you only have four years with that guy. So I think it would make sense for them to trade up and get one, and considering the amount of picks they have, that would make sense to me. But for me, I think – with the way the the quarterbacks look this year, I don't see them picking one early, and at least that in the first round at eight. And I also think that Marcus Mariota. I think the Falcons need to see what they have in him, you know, because Arthur Smith came from Tennessee, obviously, where Mariota was benched and Ryan Tannehill became the starter. I don't know if it was in their plans for Ryan Tannehill to be their kind of like franchise signal caller, what he is now. You know, he's been there for a few years. They gave him a contract extension. Who knows if Marcus, Marcus Mariota could be something like that? So I think I think Marcus deserves a shot this year. So I would say I don't see the Falcons taking a quarterback unless they trade back into the first at like a 32 or 31 to get one. Chris Rim, AtlantaFalcons.com, joining us here. Falcons with the number eight pick tonight as we move through this draft. Where do you think some places uh, get addressed? You mentioned wide receiver, which they're very thin right now, uh, top of the second round. Do we see a, a running back? Uh, a, a, I guess a, they went the free agent route last year for Arthur Smith with Mike Davis. He ended up with a wide receiver kind of hybrid guy playing back there. Do they address a big uh, bruiser back later in the draft? Robinson from Alabama, uh, something like that. Zamir White maybe from a Georgia, kind of a big, bigger power back in this draft? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think for me, I was big on the Falcons getting a running back before they signed Damian Williams. 
I, I think now if they draft a running back, I would kind of wonder because you have Cordero Patterson, you have Damian Williams, and you have Mike Davis on the roster. So I guess I would wonder where, you know, where would that guy right. fit in, you know, in, in the backfield. That, that's, a, that's an extremely crowded backfield. I mean, that would mean some, there would be an odd man out somewhere, or is, is CP playing wide receiver this year? What, what's going to happen? But I think if they do target a running back, I think my favorite of the class is uh, Brees Hall. And then uh, Kenneth Walker behind him. And I think, obviously, those guys would probably be guys you have to invest the second-round pick on. I think it's more likely if they do get a running back, they get someone that you mentioned, like a Zemir White or uh, Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama. I think, I think Zemir White makes a lot of sense here. I think he's a, per- he's a player that a lot of scouts liked. Uh, when I was at Georgia Pro Day, uh, scouts talked about his, his backstory. And uh, for those who follow Georgia football, and I'm sure people listening to this know his backstory of that he was – you know, near death when he was born, and he's kind of prevailed to become this, you know, outstanding running back. And he's a player who, you know, first, kind of cliche, but first one in the gym, last one out. He does everything the right way. He's a tough physical runner who can also catch passes out the backfield. You know, he's a guy you wouldn't have to worry about at all. So I think if the Falcons did get someone, I think he's a person who could who could potentially fit Atlanta. Chris Rim, AtlantaFalcons.com, joining us here on 3 and Out. And, Chris, finally, you look at uh, Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot going into this draft, year number two. How did they approach this thing? I know last year their first draft, you had Kyle Pitts, who worked out uh, really well. And you had really maybe one other draft pick after that that got a lot of con- contributions. Uh, I know Richie Grant stole a project and some of that. How, how do you think they approach this draft? Do they need to up the hit rate a little bit more in terms of guys that are uh, being big contributors? Yeah, I think I think this year they approached the draft. I think similarly to how they did last last year in terms of the best player available. I think they're gonna look to, you know, bolster that wide receiver room for sure. Whether and I and I think in the in the early rounds they're gonna look to bolster the receiver room and the pass rush because those were the the pass rush in in 2021 was worst in the league. And I think the wide receiver room right now is is pretty barren. I think they'll look to bolster bolster those two things. And I think. Um, just following the same process of best player available. I think when you look at the class last year, I think we have to give those guys some time, right? You know, I don't think everyone is going to be Kyle Pitts, obviously, but I think when you look at a guy like Richie Grant, I think for the most part, what the public expectation of him was not what coaches on the inside had of Richie. I think, I think last year Richie did what he was asked to do of his coaches and defensively, at least when we talk to DMPs and coaches like that did everything he was asked of. And I think this year they expect him to take that next step, if that makes sense. So I think the Falcons go best player available while looking to bolster that receiver room and bolster their defensive line, specifically at the edge rusher spot. And again, the Falcons sit here with the number eight pick tonight. Chris Rim, AtlantaFalcons.com, our guest. Thinking the Falcons uh, going to go DN potentially there at number eight. Chris, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Enjoy the draft. Thank you. Appreciate it. Chris Rim joining us here at AtlantaFalcons.com. We are live at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Come see us. Top 10 draft challenge going on. Fill out your top 10. Somebody just said, came behind me and said they got the winner right there. So top 10, fill out your top 10s uh, in the draft tonight. Most correct picks. Going to walk out of here with a 70-inch flat screen TV, low country liquidation and repair there off of West Bay Street in savannah we'll come back ben will chat with dj shockley former georgia quarterback Atlanta falcons quarterback next here on three and out live from coach's corner on the southern pigskin radio network trent balky says he knows 
You notice what they're doing at number one? What do the Falcons do at uh, at number eight? We just chatted with Chris Rim, and Ben, you've got a uh, a guy that knows a little something about the the, the football, uh, the sport of football, and the, what the Falcons uh, do there. Joining us here on the show. Yeah, my next guest needs our introduction, but I'm gonna do my best to go through the accolades as best as I can. The 2020, what, a seventh round pick in 2006, 223rd for the Peace Up A Town Down Falcons, won two SEC championships, one SEC uh, game MVP, works for Fox 5, UGA Radio Network. The great DJ Shockley of the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. What's going on with you today, DJ? True. What up, fellas? Man, appreciate y'all joining me. Obviously, as everybody is getting uh, ready for this uh, big draft night tonight, and uh, I'm sure everybody's excited about it. and uh, we're excited about in Atlanta here too. Now, DJ, when you think about when you think about uh, the draft tonight, I mean, Georgia's going to be the headliner. You go, you go back to 2021 was obviously a magical year, topping it off with the national championship. But you look at this defense, you look at this team with these draft eligible guys, Jordan Davis. I mean, you talk about seeing, you talk. I mean, you talk. I mean, it's, it's top to bottom. Going to be a, maybe what 20 Georgia guys going to get drafted? Did you see a guy like Trevon Walker potentially being and might going to end up being the number one overall pick? Yeah, man, you know what's crazy is a lot of people may not believe me, but I, like, like you mentioned, I get a chance to travel with the team every single week. I get a chance to be on the sideline. I get a chance to, uh, you know, you know, be in the, 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 the locker room with them and see them close up and personal. And I said this probably the second or third game in the season. I leaned over to, to some guys, and I was talking to, you know, some of the people on the staff at Georgia. And I said, Trayvon actually I think will be the top prospect for Georgia coming out this fall and everybody looked at me crazy it's like oh yeah you got jordan you got nicobe you got you know you got george Pickens, you got all these guys who are first round talents but i said this dude his game translates a little bit better i think to the nfl because of his versatility and there were times this season where yeah he he was outside as a, a edge rusher in the nine technique but then there was other times he was down at a one technique then there's another time where he's dropping into coverage and deflecting balls his versatility I think is what makes it so intriguing for all these teams that are in that top five that are looking at him like, we can do so much with this guy. And true, you know, like I know a dude, 275 running 451, you don't see many dudes like that playing in the National Football League or playing in college. So he's a special player, and I knew it from watching the uncles and personal that I think his game would translate the best to the NFL. And DJ, what does that say about a guy like Trevon Walker? You talk about the fact that you you talking about Nicobe Dean Buckets when you talk about Jordan Davis, you know, won all the interior, you know, D lineman awards and you know, first team All Americans. Yet the guy that had six sacks, the guy you know is going to potentially be the number one overall pick. As you mentioned, you got a chance to see him. There's versatility, and then there's what Trevon Walker does when you talk about playing the one, playing the zero technique, dropping in the coverage. Is it is it the tape and what he put on tape? Is it the fact that look, man, we haven't seen nowhere near this young man ceiling? And I think that's what's important is the people who understand the game, the people that actually sit down and watch the film, they see what's so special about Trayvon Walker. And a lot of people, there are a lot of guys out here that look at the stats. They look at, oh, he had 15 sacks. Oh, this guy has been talked about by everybody. But the real football junkies, when they sit down and watch the tape, you can see just how effective he is. You can see how much pressure he brings. You can see how much – uh, distraction that he can bring in a ball game. And there were times where maybe he didn't get the sack or maybe he didn't make the play, but he was the reason why the quarterback had to move or he was the reason why the back had to bounce it outside. Because he can be so disruptive, I think that's what makes him so special. And that's why when people 
probably haven't heard of him or didn't know that he was one of the big names on that defense is because they didn't dive into the film and see exactly what all this guy can do. And when you turn on that tape and you watch that Georgia defense, I guarantee you number 44 flashed a lot, just as much as 99 did or just as much as Kobe Dean. Talking with DJ Shockley, former University of Georgia Bulldog, former Atlanta Falcon, talking about these Georgia Bulldogs is just gonna, definitely going to be headliners. DJ, you played the quarterback position. You know how hard it is to get evaluated because you don't know what they're looking for. They ask you to throw the D-ball, you throw the D-ball. Then they want you to throw the intermediates. Do they want to do a threat quarterback? Them A-Town Falcons coming up at number eight, no one knows what Terry Fontenot is going to do. But this quarterback class, what do you like about him? What don't you like about him? Well, you know, I, I think there's some quality guys in this in this draft, and I think everybody has, you know, said this is not the strongest draft. But I still think there are guys in this draft that are at the top of that can actually be franchise guys for you. Obviously, they're not guys that, that blow you out the water like this class couple of years where you see a, a Trevor Lawrence come in, you know he's a day one starter. You see a Justin Fields come in, you know he can change the organization. Well, I, I think Kenny Piggins, I think Malik Willis, I think Desmond Ritter, uh, you know, Howell and all these guys around, they can change uh, organization if they're in the right spot. And I think that's what matters the most is get them to the organization that can – maximize what they do best. And there are a couple teams when you look around the league and say, okay, they fit his style of play a little bit better than others. So I don't know if you look at it and say, okay, these guys are game changers right away in day one. They can come in and change the game. But I do feel like they're quality players. They're guys that for a reason have led their, you know, particular colleges for the last three, four years and why they're thought about as the top guys in this draft. So I think they're going to be successful. And I think they're a little bit better than people are giving them credit for. But I think everybody's compared them to what uh, has happened in the last two years with the style of quarterbacks that have came out. And, DJ, when you, th- when you think about the draft as a whole, obviously you was a guy that got drafted back in 2006 in the seventh round by Atlanta. Talk about how nerve-wracking it is because, obviously, everybody wants to go through the draft, want to hear their name called. And I know we get caught up in where you got drafted and who you got drafted to. But to know that you was one of the 250-some guys that heard your name called, regardless if it was on day one, day two, or day three, take us back to that day, man, and what it, you know, what it meant to you. Yeah, true. But I think that's the number one thing that I think people fail to realize is yeah, regardless of where you go, yeah, that's cool. If you get drafted in the first round, you get drafted in the seventh round like myself. But we've seen plenty of first-rounders that don't make it past two or three years. And it's all about what you do once you get there. But that experience is is like none other. I'll be honest. Going through the process, I'm like any other guy going through it. There were guys going before me, and I'm like, man, I'm better than him. I should be going here. I should be going earlier. And you kind of get down about it, especially guys who get later in the draft and you feel like you should have went earlier. But I'll be honest, once the Falcons finally called, and I'll, be, I'll tell you the story, when they called me, I actually sent them the voicemail. I'm from Atlanta, so I'm like, here goes the Atlanta number calling me. So one of my friends, somebody else trying to check on me. So I sent them the voicemail the first time, and then they actually called back a second time. And you forget about the waiting process. You forget about, you know, what took so long. And you come to that realization, like you just mentioned, that, hey, I'm one of the top guys being drafted. I'm one of the guys who got their name called out of 200 or so, now I get a chance to go live out my dream, and that's what it's about. Then it's about being able to make a team. So all that stuff matters. Getting drafted, yeah, it's fun, it's cool, but it was nerve-wracking. But when you finally get that call, it's a feeling like no other. And, DJ, finally, I mean, you talk about your University of Georgia Bulldogs. They was a headliners of 2021, winning the national championship, finally getting that uh, finally getting that bear off their back known as the Alabama Crimson Tide. And when you look at this drive, it's going to be riddled 
with a bunch of red and black men. What is it going to mean to you know being a guy that uh you know walked in Athens, walked through those walls to see these young guys? Not just one. I mean, you want to see all your guys do it. Going to probably set the record for the most guys drafted, probably even in the first round and as a draft as a whole. What is it going to mean to you being a former Georgia Bulldog, watching all these Georgia Bulldogs be the headlines of the 2022 NFL draft? I'll be honest, it's going to be pretty cool to see the amount of guys that get drafted. I mean, it's going to be pretty cool to see at least four or five guys probably get drafted in the first round. And as a former player, you look at it like, wow, this is pretty dope that my school has this amount of good players coming from it, and the teams on the next level actually recognize it. And to go even a step further, it's going to allow even more greater players to come to that university because, as we know, as we've seen the Alabamas of the world last few years, Ohio State's, Whatever it may have been, when you see these guys go early, that's what kids look at. They come to college because they want to go to the National Football League. And when you look up and you're being recruited by this school, you say, well, last year, Curry Smart walked into my living room and told me we had six guys get drafted in the first round. That tells you, one, recruiting good players. But then the second part of it is they know how to develop them, and it's going to lead to even more, even better players coming to Georgia and continue that trend of guys going to the next level. A seventh-round pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, number 223 overall by the piece of A-Town Down Falcons, a two-time <laughs> SEC champion, a SEC champion game MVP, Mark Ritz, first, first recruit coming out of the ATL. He is the great DJ Shockley, Fox 5, UGA Radio Network. Look, if it is to be done, this man is getting done, getting it done. DJ, man, I always appreciate you taking the time, my guy. I appreciate that. I like that piece of A-Town Down. Appreciate that, Drew. Hey, man, I am being true, man. This is 3 and Out, and when we come back, man, talking all things draft, this is 3 and Out. We'll be right back. But first, while we have a moment, the Braves and Cubs play tonight. A chance for the Braves to win a series if they can win. Had a chance to do it last night. Didn't get it done. But a chance to do it tonight. But the news of the day, I'm back. Ronald Acuna Jr. back. A lot of people saying, well, what does that mean? Is he going to DH? No, sir. In the lineup, playing right field, batting leadoff tonight for the Braves uh, coming up tonight. Now, he will have the day off tomorrow. They're traveling, not going to play tomorrow, and maybe day games after night games, maybe not going to play uh, for the time being, but they're going to ease him back in, maybe DH some, not play as much in the field. But tonight, in the lineup, in the field, going to have number 13 back. You better act like you know if you didn't know. Ronald Acuna Jr. said, man, y'all not finna have me back out there sparingly. If I'm going to be out there, I'm going to be a plus, like you say, Kevin, getting the day off. Definitely ahead of schedule when you talk about rehab. Definitely a guy that's, you know, obviously they were going to kind of, if you want to call this, bringing, yeah. if you want to call this, bringing them back slowly. But he's been in the, he's been in the, major, he's been in the MLB long enough to understand his body. To un and he said something that I'm going to say right now. He said, look, when I first got hurt, I didn't think I would get back to how I was. Now I think I could be better than what I was. Better than what you were? It's the only person I know that's better than what they were is our own PJ Zuko. And you got to know him to understand, to understand that people. But no, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to having Ronald Cooney Jr. back out there, Kevin, because he is the heart and soul of the team. Now, Matt Olson don't know what it's like to play with him, right? I don't know how many games. I don't know what it is about him and Rosario. They can't get him on the field at the same time. Now Rosario is out with uh, you know, what I surgery for the next few months, but he's gonna be that joke. You know, you talk about Isaiah Elba, you talk about, you know, uh, you know, you talk about uh, Austin Riley, but how much can he help a guy like Dan Swanson just kind of get out of that mode of, look, man, you don't got to keep pressing. I know this Braves team still haven't won a series yet this season, but having Ronald Acuna Jr. back in the lineup, Kevin's definitely going to be a joke for anybody. It should be great to see him out there. Should be a fun atmosphere inside the park tonight. Do we get to the first pick in the draft before Ronald Acuna gets a hit? 
I think first pitch is 7-10. Could Ronald Acuna, or 7, maybe it's a little later than that, 7-20. 7-20. So could we get the first pick before Ronald Acuna comes up? Got to go 1-2-3 in the top. It'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I think he's going to interject. Again, we, we talked about the atmosphere at home, Ben, when you, you hand out the rings, you hand out you know, the World Series banner, you hang it up in the outfield, and so much emotion there. I have a feeling that uh, Truist Park tonight is going to be rocking when they announce number 13 coming up to bat uh, in the bottom of the first inning because there's a lot of people that understand, minus Freddie Freeman, and even if they have kept Freddie Freeman, this is the guy that maybe it would have been this year or next year was going to take over as the dude uh, you know, in Atlanta moving forward if he hasn't already. And so much love for him and what he brings to the table on that baseball diamond. In that clubhouse and in the stands, I think it's going to be a remarkable atmosphere tonight uh, there in Atlanta when he finally is able to come back. I mean, I guess the only thing is don't put the pressure on yourself going there. I got to hit a home run first. But settle in and play his game, and he brings a lot to the table. Listen, my grandfather introduced me to the Braves a long time ago, Kevin. He would always point at certain guys. He said, you see that John Smokes? You see that Tom Glavin? They wanted them ones. He used to say that. Ronald Acuna Jr. wanted them ones, people. Just imagine you coming to true. You ain't know he was going to be there. All of a sudden, wait a minute, what? You getting ready to drive by somebody yelling at Ronald Acuna Jr.'s <laughs> plans? And all of a sudden, the parking oh, is no, like, no, hey, I, to the max. The Braves aren't stupid, man. I saw I saw, I saw, saw a social <laughs> media post that said, Ronald Acuna's back. He's playing tonight. Tickets here. Like, they put the link. It's like, side, listen, oh, they, they knew some, what Certain was guys moving the needle, though, Kevin. Like I said, Kevin, you've been watching baseball a long time. You like you like Listen, when I'm watching football, I can tell you who's who. When you watching baseball, you can tell me who's who. No matter who we so, speak to about Ron Lacuna, Sid Breen, players on other teams, Ben Ingram. Yeah. No matter what you say, they say, oh, this guy right here, I mean, he can flat out do it all. I think Ron Lacuna Jr. is going to have to, you know, slow it down a little bit, but hopefully he goes yard today. Hey, that would be a storybook start to the uh, 2022 campaign for Ron Lacuna Jr. He's back in the lineup. We are coming back to Coach's Corner, counting you down towards the draft. Come join us. Got a chance to win a 75-inch flat-screen TV. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Got to be a fun night here at Coach's Corner. You can't go wrong. Plenty of TVs, plenty of angles to watch the draft, and, of course, plenty of great food and ice-cold drinks to go around uh, as well, Ben. So we're getting excited for this draft. What are the Falcons going to do? Well, who's going to be available there at 8 for the Falcons? We'll talk about that coming up uh, this hour as well. But first, let's take three here on three and out, shall we? All right, Ben, take one. Which team do you trust the most with the draft, i.e., a team that's always consistent, a team that always seemingly knows what they're looking for? Not saying they don't ever have bust, but which team do you trust the most in a draft? New England Patriots. I mean, because the whole thing about it is, right, what, what New England does, they just go about their business. They don't make waves. And no matter who they pick, Kevin, we're going to say, oh, man, that's a great – because we – Yes, we focus more on, you know, the Jags. We focus more on the Falcons. But it's not like we don't know. You look at a young Mac Jones last year in 2021. Ricky was able to win with him, obviously replacing replacing the man of all men, obviously with a guy like Tom Brady. But I think what New England does is they get, they get players that can do multiple things. You don't just do one thing. They'll get, you know, I mean, when you talk about, when you talk about, you know, they'll bring over a guy, you know, uh, like, like, Get a guy like Julian Edelman. You'll say, well, dude, he's a slot receiver. Well, he played quarterback. So in the playoffs, they'll use him to do double passes and different things. So they, they look at that 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 Swiss Army knife type player, a player that you say, look, I thought he just did this. No, if you can't play multiple positions for New England, you can't. And for those people who say, well, Tom Brady never did anything. Tom Brady punted the football. Now, he's not a punter, 
but they, they make sure that you have to do things the Patriot way. So I think that when the team I trust the most is uh is obviously the Patriots. Now, a team that also does really well is Pittsburgh. I mean, people forget. T.J. Watt, the young brother of J.J. Watt. When he got drafted, people were like, yeah, how good is he going to be? Uh, 2021 um, Defensive Player of the Year. Tied. Michael Strahan, 22 and a half sacks. Signed a big contract. So give me the Patriots. Give me, uh, obviously, uh, the Steelers. Those are two teams that really, really understand. Trust their scouting department, Kevin. Yeah, I was going to say, Ben, you took my answer. I was going to say Pittsburgh. I mean, because I, whenever they draft, you kind of always sit back and go, yeah, that seems like a Steeler kind of player. Uh, even I'm not saying they all are 100% hit, but, hey, nobody is. And I feel like the, the Steelers get more of who they want to fit who they are. And you know you're doing something right when you don't hardly ever miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's, 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 you know, Mike Tomlin, I don't think he's ever had a losing season no. uh, there for the Steelers. Before him, uh, who was it? That Bill Coward. Uh, Bill Coward. Never. I was always in the playoffs. So, I think the Steelers, I would trust them the most – since you took that answer, I would say my number two would be Baltimore Ravens right mm, now. I mean, mm. it seems to me like you know, when it comes to draft, they know who they want, they know what they're looking for, and they're able to go out and get it. Again, does that mean 100% of it works out? No, but it seems like they have not had as many flops in the draft as some uh, some other teams. All right, Ben, take two. Talk about who we trust the most. Who do you trust the least? Which franchise do you trust the least in a draft? Detroit. Because because I think what happens is, Kevin, even though Jacksonville is going back-to-back number one overall picks, I mean, you, you, you take Detroit for a second. They draft the Barry Sanders. They draft the Calvin Johnson. That's you know, they draft the Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Couldn't win with none of them, right? Couldn't win with any of them. Two of, two of their three greatest players quit football. I am not playing anymore if I got to come back to Detroit. I just think that sometimes – you got to ask yourself, what are we doing wrong? It's not that we don't have an eye for talent. We don't have an eye for grouping that talent together. You give them Calvin Johnson, but what you and a Matthew Stafford, but you don't you don't add no piece around them. So I think when I think about a franchise that's been in the dumps for a long time, who's picking number two in the draft? That would be the Detroit Lions. Who has a guy who a former number one overall pick? That would be Jared Goff. Who does Detroit not want to be their quarterback right now? Jared Goff. So for me, it's Detroit because I think what happens is when you talk about a team, you had Matthew Stafford for twelve years. Right? I think you made the playoffs once with Matthew Stafford. He leaves your team, goes to L.A. with guys around him. He wins the Super Bowl. So I think for me it is Detroit because it's hard. It's hard to go from a losing franchise with a, you know, with just a – They only, I mean, when you think of Detroit, nothing – I mean, also, what? They make a bunch of – do they still make calls of being Detroit? I, I, don't, I don't even know. So for me, Kevin, it is the Detroit Lions. It's not the players' fault. It's, the, it's when you're grouping them together. So for me, give me Detroit. I mean, I would say it's the Jets. Right. Wow. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. again, you're talking about uh, swings and misses. Uh, what was it? Sam Darnold. He's not there no more. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm looking at the Jets and say, hey, have they had some good teams yet? Not recently. And it seems like whatever they've tried to do in the draft hasn't played out the yeah. way they wanted it to, to, to have happen. And you're getting, you know, lapped in circles by the Patriots, by the Dolphins, inside that, by the, by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, thank you. Uh, inside that own division. And you have not been able to find any footing in the draft. Somebody you can hang your hat on and say, this is hard to do that, that work. That you're having to go out the free agent route and hope guys will work out for you in uh, in, in that route. So I would say the Jets are going to be uh, my number one. All right. And finally, take three. It is the draft. It is the draft. It is Las Vegas. Right. Give me your lottery pick, i.e. the guy that could be the steal of the draft, winning jackpot of the draft, 
that nobody is talking about right now. I think I think I, I think my steal of the draft, and I know people go. I, it might be George Pickens because the whole thing about it is this, right? When you take a guy that's that big, that fast, that strong, has had to deal with a lot of injuries, right? People will say, okay, what type of player can he be? And the fact that Kevin, you don't know. I don't know how good he can be. That's a good and now that that is more of the barometer of the draft. But to me, when you think about a guy like George Pickens, right? It was always the injuries. It was never him as a player. You all, he, he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be the the, the second thousand yard receiver for the University of Georgia. I've been never panned out that way. But he big plays waiting to happen. Somebody's gonna draft him, bring him into a system that's gonna not force him to be something he's not. I'm gonna put you on the outside. I'm gonna let you go one on one with these big time cornerbacks. I'm gonna throw you these 50 50 balls. I'm gonna go through the full route tree. I don't agree with some of these some of these analysts saying they don't run the full route tree at Georgia. Not true. I just think that when you look at a guy like George Pickens and what he brings to the table, you miss a full year of football and you still want to work out at the combine when nobody would have been mad at him had he not worked out. Man, six two or six four, two hundred pounds ran like a what? A sub what? Four three nine, four four one forty. Obviously a, a big time player. I think I think a George Pickens is gonna make a NFL roster very, 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 very happy because he's he's kind of like a, you know, he's kind of like a, a Georgia running back. They they do it by committee, so they still got him. They still they, they best years are left still ahead of them. Give me George. Pickens. I think he could be the pick then for what you said. Did not play most of the season. Played sparingly uh, in playoffs i think he got maybe a got play or two in the sec championship game and don't and he don't and, like db and just just put on the georgia tech tape you know what i'm saying but, but this is a guy that you know you draft him he's coming off injury he's not injured now he's in that 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 recovery process and obviously well enough to play you could be getting a guy that despite not a whole lot of game tape from 2021 uh, he could be that that gold mine in the draft where you look back and say, I know you try to say, hey, look, not everybody's just coming in and dominating the league at the line, but that could be a guy that takes a lid off a of defense in year one. And you're going, this guy barely played in 2021, and here he is in 2022 getting it done. Now, Kevin, another guy too. Now, listen, I mean, I try, I try to give two. Okay, if I'm George Pickett one, Justin Ross, former, I mean, former Clemson Tiger. Now, this guy was a big time player as a true freshman. Guy hurt and was never ever the same player. I think Justin Ross gonna get on the roster, and I think he's gonna be healthy. He's gonna get back to that, you know, that that prototypical form that we've seen what three years, kind of like a Derek Stingley Jr. These guys peaked too early. Derek Stingley was the number one cornerback in the country in 2019. Problem was, he was 18 years old, fresh out of high school. He had to wait two years. A guy like Justin Ross plays in the national championship against Alabama and just goes crazy, gets hurt, hasn't been the same player. So George Pickens won. Uh, Justin Ross is my one B. I think you know, you know, you know, former Georgia, former Clemson Tiger. Surprise, surprise, SEC, ACC. I think both guys gonna get on the NFL roster and just. Uh, I think they go. I think they're gonna uh, just run rampant with these uh, wide open offenses they have right yeah, now. Yeah, gonna be a lot of fun to watch where those guys land in the draft. We're coming. That's take three. We do it each and every day. This time we're live at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. You see the big screen. Which way am I pointing? That way, behind 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 Ben's yeah. head uh, here at Coach Corner, come out. We got our top ten challenge. Put down your top ten picks. Whoever gets the most correct can walk out of here with a seventy-five inch flat screen television, courtesy of Coach's Corner and Low Country Liquidation and Repair on West Bay Street in Savannah. It's sitting right over here to our right. Uh, somebody's going to walk out. Of here. Just come out and have fun with it. I know people say, "Well, I don't... look, it's a draft." One per... and Ben, you we we talk about this all the time. You can think you know, and you have it all down. One person goes in a spot that people have kind of haven't thought about, and it changes the whole dynamic of uh, of the way the draft plays out from there on down. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, this draft tonight. Come on out. Fill one out. 
have some great food with us here at Coach's Corner. Yeah, Kevin, listen, the, the NFL draft is still the most intriguing, you know, you know, a spectacle we have in sports outside of the championship games and the all-star games because you got a vested interest. Either you either, either you cover them, Kevin, for you, you covered them in high school, maybe even yeah. in college as well. And then you see what these guys I, I like what people say, man. I remember when this kid was at, you know, school X in high school, and then he goes to this school and you see what they becoming. I think you got storylines like Jermaine Johnson. I mean, at Georgia, you go to junior college, like the dude was on freaking Netflix. Now he's about to be able to, you know. Probably you know buy some steak in Netflix when he, you know when he get this money he about to get. But I I think it's about the storylines. I think it's about the players. I think it's about guys like Jordan Davis who said he thought he was going to be a DJ. His name was going to be DJ Oreo, who because like <laughs> Oreo. You know he he said these things. I, but I, I'm look I'm looking for who's going to be the DK Metcalf who's going to be at home who's going just the flood of emotions just going to come out when you get drafted. This is a dream come true. The hardest place listen the hardest place the only place you're going to get it done as in college. I've seen guys go. I've seen guys swim. I've seen a lot of guys sink, not because they're not good enough, but the talent level is so elite. But it is it is the 2022 NFL draft, and it's going to be epic. We've got more to come here on 3 Now PJ said, write it down. Jaquan Brisker, safety from Penn State. He said, dude <laughs> is a monster. He probably ran a 4-2 or something crazy. Is he going to go to uh, he's going to go to Pittsburgh? That's uh, PJ's other team uh, there with the, uh, the the Steelers. We've got more to come live at, uh, at Coach's Corner here on Victory Drive. Come out and join us. Enjoy the draft. Some great food as well. It is three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Uh, the Jags have said, look, we know what we're going to do at number one. Trent Balky said, hey, we had a meeting last night. We decided we know what it's going to do. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of interest in trading up. Just being, you know, real uh, with it. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, teams that want to covet that number one pick. So the Jags, I think, are going to have to make a pick. There's, uh, there's always the, the thought of trading back and garnering more picks. But it looks like the Jags are going to have to stick and make that pick. It looks like it's going to be Trayvon Walker. Any chance it's not Trayvon Walker and you're floating a name trying to get interest, and at the end of the day, Aiden Hutchinson's still the pick. It's definitely a chance that uh, Aiden Hutchinson can still be the number one overall pick. But I think when you see the upside of a guy like Trayvon Walker, I mean, I was privileged enough to be on, you know, uh, earlier with, uh, you know, DJ Shockley, a guy that's obviously – you know, did his thing at the University of Georgia, but a guy that gets to go out there and watch practice every day, he said he was watching the game. He said, look, when it's all said and done, I know it's about Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean and Quay Walker and seeing and those guys, but he said he think that Tra- Trayvon Walker is the best out of all of us as far as, like, upside. He's a physical he's a physical freak, and he showed off everything that he has the capability of doing. It ain't always about the stats. Like, sometimes we get caught up in – we get enamored with who was the first-team All-America, who led the league in sacks and tackles for loss. I've seen some reports that said when he was looking at the defensive, uh, when it, uh, the offensive coordinator is looking at uh, looking at the tape, they said, I mean, we got to stop the Jordan Davis. They saying, no, dude, the problem is number 44. Kevin, sometimes the draft is more about being afraid to not draft the guy than actually drafting him. If you don't get Trayvon Walker, you get Aiden Hutchinson, right? Just say he goes, Trayvon Walker goes number two, Aiden Hutchinson goes number one. They're going to be tied together. For the entire career, real similar to uh, Andrew Luck and a RG three, uh, real similar to a Reggie Bush and a Vince Young and a Matt Liner, you know, uh, because real similar to a Jameis Winston, you know, uh, you know, and a Marcus Mariota. So I think for me, you get a Trayvon Walker because like this, Kevin, we found we found out the success rate, thirty seven percent, and we said this: Can you even really live up to being the number one overall pick? I mean, it's hard to do it sure. unless you now nowadays for quarterback the barometer is what ten. 10 Super Bowl appearances got to win seven. That's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what the GOAT is doing, and he's coming back for another one. But I do think that if you are a defensive coordinator, you're saying to yourself, 
if I want a guy that has a lot of tools in the toolbox as far as like pass rush ability, I go with Aiden Hutchinson because I've seen him use his violent hands. If I want a guy that can, I can line up at the nose, at the one, at the two, at the three, at the five, and he can drop back in coverage, more, more, you know, more versatility. I want to go with a Trayvon Walker because, like I said, I don't judge guys based on how long their careers last. I judge guys. I've done, I've done all I can do to make sure uh, that I put myself in the best position. And the difference is when you turn on the tape against Michigan and, and Georgia, you don't want to see Aiden Hutchinson. Trayvon Walker, he's out there running, running, stride for stride, but running backs out the freaking backfield, chasing him. So for me, Kevin, I think it's probably going to end up being Trayvon Walker. Hey, and like I said, the University of Georgia infomercial, it has, it has already begun. And again, if you're uh, Trevor Lawrence, you say, you got just a little more help on offense, just a little more help. But uh, this is an interesting thing we haven't really talked about. Jags have the top pick in the second round, and I believe the third round as well. Also have multiple picks in those rounds. I know the draft is deep. Fairly, I say fairly even. How much movement do we see in the first round? Is there a chance we see late movement from Jacksonville tonight to try to get back into the bottom of the first round uh, and potentially make a pick? Or if I hey, if I have the first pick to start day two, that gives me all night to sit there and look at the board and evaluate what we want to do. Or would there be somebody intriguing enough for the Jags to try to jump up and get back in the first round. It just really, really depends on if they feel as though their guy's not going to be there. If I got multiple picks in the second round, I could use one of those picks to kind of like, you know, trade back up to get back into the first round. I think when you look at Jacksonville, Kevin, you make a good point when you think about Trevor Lawrence. They gave him some receivers at Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. You go, you go along, you know, with Marvin Jones. They gave him a tight end to Evan Ingram. But you just resigned just, Cam Robinson, just by resigned the way. Just Cam Robinson. You're going to get a hopefully healthy tra- Travis Eaton to go along with James Robinson. But that's your starters. The thing about any great team, you need depth. You got one tight end, you need another one, right? You got you got you got a guy in Travis Etienne who's going to hopefully be healthy, but he's proven he's not healthy yet. You always can add depth in this draft. You're going to have some big time receivers because is that worth trading up for though? I, I don't. I, well, because if you trade in the first round, you want another starter, right? You do. You really, you really, really do. And I and I think sometimes when you look at this Jacksonville team, is we've never seen Christian Kirk be a headliner. Christian Kirk had you know uh, you know he, I mean he had D Hop. You know, a different guy's around him. He's never been the dude. Zay Jones has never been a headliner. Now, I'm not saying they can't do it, but just because you pay me, uh, you know, number one receiver dollars on the three, I'm going to give you number one receiver production. Sometimes you, number one receiver production comes in with three guys. So I think that you, if you can get you a wide receiver, because these guys haven't been in the system, but they've been in the league, if I can draft the guy and I can get him for the next four or five years, and he's because this 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 wide receiver class is deep. You talk about you talk about uh, London, you talk about Alave, you know, uh, and Wilson. I mean, you talk about you know Traylon Burks. You t- oh my goodness, you talk about George Pickens. If you can add a George Pickens in the second round or at the bottom of the first round, if you want to trade back and get him. If you coveted him to be a number one, if you cover him to be a, a number one pick, get him. I don't forget what the listen, forget the male coppers and the time shares of the world. If that's the guy you want, you go out there and get him. And Kevin, that's why you stockpile picks so you can use those picks to hopefully move up in the draft yeah. and get a guy you want. I mean, to me, that's uh, that seems to be it's, it's the one sport basketball you don't really hear about. Hey, we're going to compile picks. Sometimes you draft guys and stow them, you know, a draft and stow. But in the NFL, to me, even the picks you don't necessarily want have a lot of value to them because you can hold them, use them to move up to get a guy that you really want uh, in that draft. And Jacksonville's got the the benefit of having a lot of guys. Now, I think in, in some respects, they are kind of like uh, the uh, Atlanta Falcons in that you probably want to utilize most of those things uh, as well. You want to use most of those picks because you just need talent and competition on the roster. But again, if you've got a, a plethora of picks and there's a guy that you feel you can go back 
late half of the first round, maybe a wide receiver late, would be an interesting thing if they if they decided to do that. Yeah, and and that and that's what makes the draft intriguing. You want to be able to utilize these strategies. You want to show that listen, I'm a better. I'm a these front office got to prove that. Look, I'm playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. You mentioned you mentioned Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta traded, you know, Atlanta traded back up to get a Julio Jones. Look, I mean, people are like, oh, I think you gave I think you turned out pretty well. I mean, I, when you look at his career, and right now he's a he's a free agent. I don't know if he would want to come back to Flowery Branch, but that's something else uh to think about. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens traded back into the uh to the first round to get a Lamar Jackson. That seems that worked out right for them. If it's a guy that you want, and it's a 37% success rate in, in, in uh, when it comes to these in the first round, I don't even want to know what it is for the entire draft. If that's a guy that you want, that you think he fits into your system, you go out there and get him. Because Kevin, bigger than getting the guy, you don't want to not get him, and he kills you for the next five, ten years going because in your division. Because that'd be the thing. It's watch every time we see Mitchell Trubisky, who's still in the National Football League. What we hear, you could have got Deshaun Watson, could have got Pat Mahomes. Well, that's based on what those guys became, not necessarily what they were when they first were, sure. first were rookies. But I just think that the national, I mean, the draft is so intriguing is because we don't know. It, it's in Vegas, right? That's the perfect city to be in. You're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some. I mean, uh, you know what you. Th- I mean, what you say, Kevin? I mean, you know what the casino, what the, what, the house always yeah, wins. Yeah, it does. Yeah. No, no matter what. But these guys have given have been given the opportunity to go out there and show what they can do. Wes Welker might be arguably the greatest slot receiver of all time. He went undrafted in 2004, so it's not a perfect science. These scouts get it wrong, GMs get it wrong, head coaches get it wrong. Players don't players fizzle out. They don't. They don't. You know, they don't end up being the player we thought they could be. But I do think. I think Atlanta has multiple picks in the second. I think multiple picks in the third as well. Do they do they stay where they at? Because every last contributor from 2021 to 2022, because of the lack of funds, is going to have to be a contributor this year. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, so it's uh, it's one of those things where I think the Jags, number one pick, they know what they're going to do. I look at, uh, you know, Trayvon Walker, and if you go defense, why not go offense with that next pick? Maybe we don't see it until tomorrow night. Maybe we don't see it until until Friday night. But I think if you're Jacksonville, to me, if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm making it well known that you drafted a quarterback mm-hmm. last year. We need all the young talent we can get to help push this guy along. And Kevin, you know, just like I know, right? And as deep as to- receiver is, maybe there's a guy that's intriguing you could get. Like I said, that's why I just threw it out there. That- well, well, now look, you always got to protect your greatest asset. Yeah. Your greatest asset right now is Trevor Lawrence. And the thing is, when it comes to defensive players, unless they just juggernauts like Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, Jalen Ramsey. You don't really know him, the Bosa brothers. You don't really know him. So it's not so even if they're really, 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 really good. I mean, I mean, Robert Quinn, former UNC Tar Heel, I think was one of the top uh passwords. I think he set the record for most uh uh sacks in uh in, in Chicago for a single season. Who cares? Chicago didn't make the play. I'm just telling you, protect Trevor Lawrence, because Kevin, you know just like I know. What gets them in the seats is lighting up the scoreboards. Long passes, big runs, a lot of points. Not Hey, man, we just won another one, seven to six. I don't want to see the defensive juggernaut. That's not going to get the eyes in the seats, but Trevor Lawrence seems to be the guy, and they get a real coach, a real offseason, a stable front office. They still got Trent Baalke, but we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, give Trevor Lawrence as much because I want to know what I have because he's already in year two, and as you can see, Baker Mayfield, not going to be in Cleveland. Kyler Murray wants a long-term deal. So just because they draft you and they don't pick up that 50 option, you might have played your last down in both Arizona and Cleveland. I have to admit, I might chuckle a little bit if after all this, with the first pick, the Jags take 
Evan Neal. Alabama. <laughs> I, I, it, it will be amazing. It will, it will be the biggest okie doke of all time uh, there by uh, by Jacksonville. We've got more to come here. We are live at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Top 10 draft challenge going on. Just put it in before the first pick gets to that podium, and uh, you could win a 75-inch flat-screen television. We're doing top 10 picks. Give us your 10. Whoever gets the most right in the appropriate you know, draft corresponding position is going to win it uh, coming up uh, this evening here at Coach's Corner. we got more three and out to come all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We are pleased to be joined by the newly named uh, head coach at Savannah State, Aaron Kelton, who joins us here at Coach's Corner. Coach, good to good to meet you finally. Thanks for coming out and stopping by. How are things? It's, it, things are going great. It's my pleasure. And, Coach, uh, I mean, we talked a little bit off the air a little bit, but uh, talk about the transition. I know when you talk about a team like Savannah State, these young men are battle-tested. I mean, the, the product on the field has always been there, but how has the transition been for you? The transition has been good. It's it, You know, it was a long process. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, it's – Difficulty for, for the young men, change is difficult all the time for everybody. But I think we had a great transition and, and practice and everything uh, was really smooth and, and went well. Obviously, coming in, you had to kind of uh, hit the ground running. What was that Was that like to say, hey, obviously, I'm new. Here's what we're trying to do. And we got a quick amount of time to get that put in. Yeah, that's that's really what it was. Is You know, I came in, I had a plan. You know, and, and you gotta you gotta start with a plan, and, and the plan was pretty successful for us. Um, we we did get eleven practices, and we wanted to try to get all fifteen, but the NCAA uh, has their rules that we we can't practice the week before finals, and so that's why we had to end a little early. But but we definitely did all that we could uh, with with installing you know base packages for us and and getting acclimated and meeting the guys you know that's what it really was for us is get to know the team let them get to know us and 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 uh, get everything in that we could and coach man the team like Savannah State the, the city of Savannah is rich with talent I mean you just look around and they have talk about those local products that you have that's not just playing for Savannah State but saying coach man if you're looking for talent man you could just go five you know ten miles down the road and they're they there yeah, there's there's plenty of talent in in the recruiting class that that was signed. Uh, there are a number of, of quality quality players uh, in that group who are local guys, and um, it'll always be a recruiting base for us. Uh, our our biggest thing is uh, win the state of Georgia as best we can, uh, then look outside from that point. Uh, if you any you know you go six hours in a, in a circle around Georgia, you. you <laughs> You've got the whole state covered in all those border areas where there's some really good players. Absolutely, Aaron Kelton joining us here, head coach at uh, Savannah State. You and I were or Ben were joking in the uh, in the break about the naps. Talk about your first introduction to that. Where it's like, what are these things, or was it just did you walk into a swarm? Yeah, and that you, was. Yeah, you walk into a swarm. <laughs> you, you get three or four of them in your mouth while you're talking, and and then you just say, okay, this is what it's going to be, and and go. I was so excited, I didn't care. Yeah, you know, I, I really didn't care. And then people kept saying, what about the Nats? I'm like, what Nats? You know, because I had gotten to that point. <laughs> hey, Coach, you talk about being able to get 11 practice in. You want to get 15 practice in. What have you learned about your team in a very, very short amount of time? Uh, that they can persevere through through tough situations. You know, it was a tough deal for them in terms of uh, transition at this point. Um, and and one of the other things I learned is that we're, we're going to get more mature as we go. We've got a young group, a uh, number of guys who, who went into the portal and, and – uh, Definitely could have helped us, and we, we would love to have have him back. But but we've got to play with who we got, you know. And so those some of those young guys are really excited to get get an opportunity now. And so we're gonna we're gonna just build off of off of everything we did every day and, and go from there. 
And coach, you speak about the uh, the portal. How has that changed things? I know you're new into this uh, this position at Savannah State, but obviously the portal just and the way recruiting happens. How does that change your thinking? Obviously, there's recruiting, and then you look at the portal and say, well, after it kind of settles down, there's still guys. If we have holes, we can fill that way. How, how do yeah, you kind it's of be free that? agency at that point? You know, so we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, and always will recruit high school guys. Okay, because you want to develop your program through four-year players, but it's a it's a pick and fill from the portal, um, and and so we'll we'll do some of that. It's it's similar to what you did with junior college kids for a long time in this business. So it, it's all the same. It's just now there's four thousand of them. <laughs> and coach, every every uh, every uh, team has phases. Obviously, you guys have gone through the the spring phase. I know when I was in school, I don't know if they still doing it. I don't even want to talk about my eons ago, but they had the summer A portion. They got the summer B portion. Are you guys getting ready to transition into your, you know, uh, after spring program? And how many guys do you expect back? Yeah, we, we're going to transition. We'll probably we, – we have a large group of guys who are within an hour of campus um, and a large group that are taking summer class uh, in the first session. And so we'll we'll transition into that um, probably in about two weeks or so and, and get that portion of our program going. But we're also, like I said, uh, off air you know, with, the, with Zoom and all these different uh, social media networks, it's great for us. And so we're going to use Zoom meetings and do that kind of stuff for those guys who are further away and can't get down. Every I day. was going to say that's uh, one of those things that, uh, you know, out of every bad situation, something comes. So COVID obviously shut everybody down and you couldn't play football. But out of that, maybe a little more efficient way of doing some things that, that, that help you out in your program. Yes, absolutely. Especially for us small programs who where we, we don't uh, we can't and, and aren't able to to pay for all the kids to come back for summer school and different things like that. Um, you know, it allows us an opportunity to still feel like we keep, we have our hands on our guys, right? Cause mm-hmm. idle time we know can be trouble for some <laughs> of these guys. Um, and, and it allows us to be able to install and not, not be behind. Um, and, and that's the part that we're really excited about is we're still going to have our meetings and do the things that we would normally do if they were on campus working out. And coach, when we when, when you get in, because as a as a as a head coach, you get recruited as well. OPO, you know, the athletic ready to come looking for you. What what made you know that Savannah State was the place for you? You know, I had been down here before, um, and and it's a hidden giant. I, I just think it's such a great campus, a great city of Savannah. Okay, and 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 certainly um, the football recruiting hotbed that it, that it is and can be um, were, were things that were huge attractions for me and they've had recent success, which I, I felt like was a, a step forward for, for me to look at a position like this. Aaron Kelton, Savannah state head football coach joining us here live at coach's corner coach. Appreciate you coming by and joining us. Thanks so much. Thank you. I look forward to being back. Yes, and, sir. And gentlemen, enjoy the draft. I know I'm going to enjoy it. Okay. And, and hopefully I'm, I'm not on your list to get them right. <laughs> I don't want to be a ringer. I don't want to be a ringer. Be a ringer. Is what, is what I tell y'all to go ahead. That's right. I was just Coach saying. Listen, it, it went in doubt. Just pick a player from the University of Georgia this year. There it is. Okay, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but as a coach, what position would you want to start with if you had the first pick and say, hey, I don't need a player's name, but where are you starting if you had the first pick in the draft? Um, I'm starting with a Russian. I'm, I'm getting a guy who can hit the quarterback, be disruptive. Uh, those guys are hard to find. Uh, there are several in the draft. Uh, my, my, my man at Georgia is fantastic. Uh, so it looks like he's going to be the guy. But I would say there or the other, the second position would be uh, a, a tackle, a left tackle. 
Got to protect and you got to get after them, right? <laughs> they, and they go against each other every That's night, right? right? Exactly. So if you can do either one of those, you're usually off to a good start. Yeah, you're going to be successful. Uh, Coach Kelton there, Savannah State, joining us here at Coach's Corner. Come see us. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Ben is a lot of fun looking through the uh, draft pictures. You know, everybody's getting, uh, you know, the suits lined up. I think Sauce Gardner had what a bottle of sauce, like diamond encrusted looking thing. Too much. Every time you say, listen, every, just like with Debo, and I had to go Debo. Whoa! <laughs> every time you say sauce, I'm just too much sauce. Because all I'm saying is, that Christian <laughs> and our own Christian go care could appreciate this. As I've never played DB, I went up against something, never played it. Do you know how hard it is to never give up a touchdown? Never, not not in garbage time. Not in, I don't feel like not giving up sauce. Well, whatever you want to wear, but sir, with all that sauce on your neck, you might want to get security because you know, yeah. that's why I wear these. You know, speaking of, speaking of security, I didn't know. So somebody posted it. Somebody showed a picture of there is the hat. Are somebody really carrying it in a case? Are they I mean, like I mean, the number one picks? Like, hey, fresh air hasn't touched this until it gets put on your head. Is that was that what we that, that, that might be what it is. I mean, Kevin, listen, Vegas finna come out with all kind of stuff. I'm just waiting on Roger Goodell to get booed. But yeah, sauce. I've seen this. I've seen sauce come out with his uh somebody somebody sporting all white. I've seen Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, you know, I've seen Jermaine Johnson. Them boys are looking. They 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 look real saucy. The drip is on full display right now. So whoever they're wearing. It is the red carpet right now. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, one of those things where it's turned into it's not just the picks. As we talked about, Ben, it's the it's basically the the the, the pomp and circumstance, the red carpet, if you will, of hey, if you're going to walk up there to, uh, you know, dap it up with Roger Goodell, can't wear the track suit. Right. You got to have the uh, the the custom made uh, custom made suit with a flare going on. Yeah. yeah. Show off the personality. I mean, Kevin. All right, so we, we hear. I mean, Kevin, you you already been drafted. For those who don't know, just go to you know the ESPN coastal. You know, I, I mean, guess I, you I know, have. I, you. I'm just saying, you already been. So Kevin Thomas is getting drafted. It's time for Kevin Thomas to get saucy. The drip. No, are you are, you are you are you keeping are you keeping it plain with just Probably. a black suit with a? Because here's why. Because I <laughs> I don't like wearing suits. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it is just the one time is. you got to wear it. Though. Like I'm a radio. Well, there, there's one other time I don't really look forward to that one though. But well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, but but you look at the you know just the suit game. I appreciate getting dressed up. I just I you know if I did it, I would have the suit, no tie. I, okay. I, I again, I'm a radio guy. Don't like wearing ties. Of course, I guess a lot of people these days don't like wearing ties either. But, you know, I would probably do the the sports suit with some kind of, you know, shirt underneath to show off a little something. I, I You know, I'm pretty boring when it comes to, uh, to dressing. Just ask my wife. She would be like, yeah, you are the most boring person on the face of the earth. One, because I just don't care. Like, don't come to me and say, oh, I'm wearing, a, a, you know, Dolce & Gabbana. And then Calvin got like, don't, don't care. Don't, don't care. Just wear something that's nice. You like it. It fits. Good. So you would be disappointed, okay, in my flare game. Hold on, hold on. Uh, I, I got to say this too, though. But, but very disappointed. But give the give these uh, give these stylists a lot of credit, right? Think about absolutely, it yeah. It's not so much. It's not how these guys dress all the time, Kevin. It just comes back to the fact that Kevin, you're gonna be a a top pick, Kevin. You got the dress. So what would be the color? They they gonna give you these far out their colors, right, Kevin? I mean, are you are you went? I mean, are you gonna do the LeBron James the all white? Or you go, you know, I like, I mean, you saw Kyle Pitts last year with the all green. Now, Jamal Adams came out. He had on like a white suit with like, with like, with like blue, you know, stripes on it. I mean, all I'm saying is, you know, when you, when you go back, if you had to do it, 
would you let them pick it out for you, or would you say, "Listen, I just want to keep it simple. I want to walk out." And are you hugging? No, I won't let anybody pick it out. Like you know, say, "Oh, Roger Goodell." I don't, I don't know where that started, but I guess I would if everybody else does it, right? Got to dap up. Oh, Roger. you got to dap him up. Yeah. Because say, or, or, say, hey, Roger, I'm glad to be in the league. Me and you hugging are worth like forty forty point one billion dollars. No, no, no. I'm no, worth no. I'm worth I'm worth like one million. Well, that's how you. But that's why you can appreciate these players <laughs> because the players are already embracing the whole concept of fake love. They don't love Roger Goodell. That's fake. But they go up there and they're gonna go up there and give him a little bear hug and this that, and the third. No. No, Kevin, I'm looking at DK Metcalf. That's what you would have done. Kevin would have been at the crib with the fam, listen, with the T-shirt on, and start off real, start off real, you know, appreciate They say, you know, <laughs> the crying. And what are you, would you have given us the ugly man cry on national TV? Uh, no, I would. No, I wouldn't. I'm not crying. I mean, maybe I would. I Again, I haven't been in that situation where it's like, hey, I've gotten up since I was six years old in some cases and work to get to that and the culmination i might cry be like man in about two more minutes i'm gonna get like a million dollar signing mm-hmm. <laughs> well, of you know? um uh, but no i don't i think i'd just I'd be, it'd, it'd be a happy moment i don't know if i'd be the, the ugly crying i'd be you know excited ready to go man like this is the pinnacle of uh, of what it's all about you know i'm i take it back and again i'm not trying to like say anything about this that and and the third but you know the wedding uh, when i got married everybody's like you nervous you this and that's like no, man, it's like, if that's who you're supposed to be with, I, like, why are you nervous, right? Like, so I, I, it was a happy your, day. You had BJ in your wedding? Was BJ in No, he was wedding? not in the wedding. No. Oh, okay, he was just there? No, actually, he was. No, 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 no. He was. I was, but he was not. He was not mine. Listen, 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 listen. He was not mine. He was there, but he was not there. Like, he was there. When it started, he was not there when it finished. He had to leave. So he was not there for the duration. So if he was a groomsman, he would have been like, excuse me one second. I have to step out. I heard. No, he he was not going. So I wasn't trying to throw it out there. It was like... (laughs) All I'm saying is everybody's doing a little extra for the draft. If you stay home, that's so you don't got to listen. And if you're at home with your family with a suit on, shame on you. You don't got to wear no suit when you at the crib. I don't care if that camera sitting right there. We country boys, man, sit in the crib with your people. That way you can really celebrate it. The greatest celebration of all time will be Rob Gronkowski. Because if you go back to we got driving the second round, his whole family was there. They did the whole Gronk group thing. Christian Gokel is sliding in here. Go ahead, real quick. <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, you're talking about being at home. Does anything ever going to beat C.D. Lamb taking no. his cell phone away? No, that, 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 that's epic. I mean, no, no. His girlfriend thought because she was on national TV, oh, I get to get his phone. I mean, he had to go. He had to, he, he had to grill his mouth. No, no, ain't nothing changed. <laughs> on camera, off camera. Was I it, need two phones. Was it Isaiah Wilson, the Georgia tackle, where his, I guess, girlfriend at the time was there, and he gets drafted, and she like jumps on him and hugs yeah, and him my, and mom, the camera. And, mom, and, mama, and, and mom mama gave said, the greatest "get the hell off my, my son" moment. Yeah, get off him. No, listen, listen. All I know is this. Okay, you want to be at home with your people, man, because they don't see them pull you to the side. Conversation. Listen, bro. I know you about to get a million. If you could just give me my fifty thousand, and you'll never see me till next weekend. No, shout out to all the players. Enjoy your moment. If you want to be in Vegas, be in Vegas. But if you want to be at home, do the Cadillac Williams. Back in the day, got drafted. The old mayonnaise jars, all the mayonnaise gone. You, you take all the um, take all the paper off. They they drinking Kool Aid with the old mayonnaise jars. I loved it. In the back, I don't think back. I've ever had that experience. Now the uh, 
running backs coach at Auburn. Yeah, we'll come back. We are live <laughs> at Coach's Corner. Come join us for the draft. Get your top tens in. You've got until the draft starts to get them in. Somebody's winning a 75-inch flat-screen television. One more hour on the radio to go next. Christian Gokel from Second Down joins us because he said it's draft day. Everybody's got to look silly, so he came up with a little name that team for us. Yeah, so we gave PJ absolutely zero warning uh, right here <laughs> either. So uh, we might want to give him a second just to pull up that name that team. PJ, like, imaging. PJ you just pointed at us when you're good back <laughs> yeah. in the studio, holding like, it down for the team. home what? team. But yeah, we got some guys on here, and they're all the way I do these. Typically, is I won't pick somebody I don't know. Okay. So like I try not to try be to unfair it where it's like nobody cares. So here we go. A little name that team here on three and out. And guys. Is he ready? Is he ready? It's, it's time to play. Name that team. Let's uh let's start off with some easy ones. George Karloftis. Uh, that's Purdue. Purdue. Kevin Purdue. Oh, I, don't Kevin. I don't know how we're Kevin, in here, but uh, Kevin yeah. with a point. That's pretty easy. I say a name. You say what school they went to. What about Tyler Linderbaum? That's made up. Tyler Linderbaum, rated as a top 20 pick. Tyler, wait a minute, Tyler Linderbaum. Oh, uh, Kevin, Boston College. That is incorrect. Do we do negative points? I don't, oh my goodness. Are we back to even? I know that Tyler Linderbaum. Ben's waiting for him to scroll across the screen. (laughs) Tyler Linderbaum played at Iowa. He sure did, Ben. And and I think he beat up on your boy uh, Tristan Wirtz. When I think he, I think he was a freaking a wrestler or something like that. There we go. So, so you know, I'll say one to one because you're incorrect and you eliminated one of 129 FBS <laughs> for uh, Ben. <laughs> so there you go. All right, what about Trent McDuffie? Uh, Trent McDuffie hey, coming to, to America. What was the name? Trent of Trent McDuffie went to McDowell's. Washington. McDowell's. That was yeah. McDowell's. They got Washington. The, but also correct. Yeah, we got the Golden Arch. Cornerback. Set to inherit the McDuffie fortune, uh, Trent McDuffie, cornerback, Washington. Ben is up two to McDowell's, one. McDowell's, not McDuffie. No, no, but he, he's McDuffie. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they got he's the Big Mc- Mac. We got the Big Mick. He's <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about Jahan Dotson? Uh, oh, uh, he was just scrolling across the bottom here a minute ago. What yeah. about Jahan Dotson? Oh, man. And it's just. I'm looking around trying to find a, a TV with it. Um, Minnesota. No. Not even close. Uh, Miami. We'll let uh, PJ buzz in here for Penn, Penn State. That would be Penn State. I'm Penn sorry. Dyson. He's a wide receiver. Was that what PJ put in the chat? No, 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 is no, he no, a wide no. receiver, though? Yes, he's a wide receiver Ooh. for Penn State. My and fault, my fault, PJ. has been uh, – ranked as highly as the 24th overall pick coming up in the draft. So still two to one, Ben. What about Wandale Robinson? Wandale? Wandale. Wandale sound like a, a sound like a, a man that's really good at fixing cars. Um, Wandale Robinson. He is not going to come across the screen, even though he could probably be a second or third round pick. <sighs> Wisconsin. Maryland. No. Uh, closer. Kentucky. 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 I don't know. I'm again I hate. And I'm pretty games. sure he had all SEC off like all SEC honors yes. uh, this past year. What about Kingsley Inigbare? Oh. Kingsley Inigbare. Michigan. It's David Ajobu, Ben. Did it? <laughs> I know exactly who you're thinking about. Mm. 
listen, there's only 130. Yeah, I, I, I'm drawing. I mean, I've talk about him a bunch. So, okay, so uh, that really narrows it down for you. Not really. To about 60 schools. Um, let's say uh, Virginia Tech. I'm just going to keep guessing Virginia South Tech. Carolina, South Carolina. Kingsley. Ah, oh, that's right. Ah, come South on, now. Carolina. Oh, man. He was right. he was one of the. Uh, we had a guest on talking about him uh, just the other day. What about Bailey Zap? That's a Western Kentucky, right? Bailey Zap. Did I just mess that up? No, you didn't. Bailey Zap. Oh, are you Western Kentucky? I was like, you, you didn't you say anything, and I was like. Yeah, the NCAA's new all-time single-season leading passer, and his one of his offensive coordinators, Brian Ellis, who is now at Georgia Southern. That's correct. What about Zacoby McLean? Zacoby. So two Texas. to two, two to two. By the way, yeah, uh, it is not Texas. <laughs> um. Miami. I'm just going to keep guessing the Auburn, same two schools. Uh, Auburn. And oh, that's remember, right. He's actually uh, from Valdosta High School. Of course he is. South title Georgia. Title time. Yep. And if you remember back 2019 Iron Bowl, the uh, the pick off of back of Najee's. Oh, helmet, my God. Yeah. He the one that took the, it like 100 yards. 100 yards to the house oh, in the okay. Iron so, Bowl. Okay. We're playing name that team. Come yeah. to Coach's Corner. You yeah. probably do better than that. Uh, Jacoby McLean. So it's two to two. What about Isaiah Likely? Oh, Coach Carolina. Carolina. I think, I, I, I think both of y'all. I'm gonna go three to three. Oh well, I think I'll you take both it. nailed it. I think got Ben a, got a little. We faster. got a few more here. Bubba Bolden. Bubba Bolden. Arkansas. No. I, I would Bubba. say this place is the complete 180 of Arkansas. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that nearest the complete 180. Of Arkansas, Virginia? No, Virginia and Arkansas are the same place. Miami. They're, they're Miami. not the same place. They're the same place. Oh, I thought you were talking about If I like, dropped you in Virginia and then I transported yeah, you to the middle of Arkansas, yeah, you'd be in, like, no, it's the same in, place. In Arkansas, they're making barbecue and hunting <laughs> hogs. In Virginia, they're eating wine and cheese. They Come don't, on, they man. don't eat barbecue in Virginia and they don't enjoy wine and cheese in Arkansas? I don't know how many people enjoy, they enjoy it. It might be homemade wine, but well, they well, surely I mean, enjoy it in Arkansas. All right, what about Sincere McCormick? <laughs> I mean, he's definitely honest and like empathetic. Sincere <laughs> McCormick. <laughs> uh, man, yeah. these names, man. Smoke Monday, Sincere. Uh, I've been thinking. North Carolina. Not, not quite. Coach's Corner, Victory Drive, Thunderbolt. Come down to see us. Top 10 challenge. Somebody's going to win a, a 75 inch flat screen TV. Uh, who is it? Sincere, Sincere McCormick. McCormick. Uh, Southern Cal. No. UTSA, baby, Roadrunners. Oh. Sincere McCormick, second in FBS this past year in rushing. Okay. All right. He's obviously not first on my brain. Listen. <laughs> if you're, no, hold on. I got a question for you. I got a question for you. If you are getting ready for a date night and your lady comes out and she's got – she put her face on and she's wearing some nice clothes, you would tell her she looks what? She Beautiful. looks real. Lovely. No, come on. Real smoke, smoking. No, I appreciate where you're going with that. Hot, I real purdy. Oh, pr she's real purdy. Brock purdy. Uh, that's Iowa State, isn't it? Iowa State, Brock purdy. Oh, the freaking quarterback. Mm. Yeah. All right. So we got one more. Kevin's up four to three. Oh, my goodness. Yusuf Corker. 
Yousef Corker. Cincinnati. Actually, not far off, like, geography-wise. Yusuf Corker. Geography-wise, not far off? Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame? Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, Come on, y'all. We already had a Kentucky one. That's why I talked myself uh, out. Well, Kevin wins. I'm the champion by default. Can't believe you guys didn't know Sincere McCormick. That's kind of. That's true. I mean, you know, it's, uh, there's so many names in this draft. Ben and I can't possibly know them all. And you know these. Do what? PJ is going to turn off the broadcast and leave because y'all didn't get Johan Dotson. My bad, my bad, PJ? That's one of those guys I'm hoping falls to the Falcons there in the second round. Could be uh, look, the speedster. I think that'd be good for the Falcons. Wide receiver second round seems to be a popular pick for Atlanta. I've right done right the two guys. I've done two guys that I'd be okay with, and obviously they still have to be there. But Kyle Hamilton. Are you K- talking about an eight now? Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm okay. If I'm neither okay one of those guys are there, I mean, can you trade back? How valuable do you think the number eight pick is? At that point, if those guys aren't there, that probably means the top three edge rushers are gone and the top safety, which typically isn't a very highly picked position in the first round, especially that early. So might be able to get a tackle. At I was point. gonna say, like that would mean there's probably one of those tackles left. So maybe you could get a team to bite on jumping up to get one of those tackles and get you a little bit more or a few more picks uh, a little bit later in the draft. But I still think you you sit pat and just take the best available player. Just Terry Fondo, I know you're listening to this. Of course. Just not Drake London, man. Terry Fondo. You and Ben were, were talking him down big time. Tell, okay, well, you can't just say that. I can. What, I what give, I'll start with Ben and work across the table. What gives you the Drake London, if that's the pick, why is he slow? Why is he not going to be a good pick? Because every time you see him on tape, you, you I mean, it's like molasses coming out of a jaw, man. It's just like, run, man. Like, run. You're not going to get open on top tier uh, quarterback just because, I mean, top tier corner because you're 6'5". It's every time I see him catch the ball, it's 50-50. Every time I see him catch it, you got to have a quick twitch. You're going to play on the outside. I'm sorry, Drake London, he is not built to play in the NFC South, not with Atlanta. I wouldn't like that pick. Yeah, there's two receivers that I would take at eight that I think are worthy of that pick. Garrett Wilson or Jamison Williams. And I was telling PJ about this. You can't pick a Drake London over those guys because you're like, oh, well, Jamison Williams hurt. And so I guess I, I can't risk that for 2022. This isn't a pick for 2022. This is for 2022, I don't think any pick. 2023, I don't think any 2024. Pick do, yeah. Right. So Jamison Williams, if you have him evaluated as the best receiver of the draft, Take him at eight, fine. Like that's if that's what you feel like. The, is that the pick or Jamar Chase went like five, right? So it's just you're not missing value if you feel like he's that kind of player. Which we watched him come to the SEC for one year and just annihilate everybody, and that's kind of worked out with these Alabama receivers in the recent past. Say what you will about a lot of Alabama DBs sure. and offensive linemen that maybe haven't panned out, but those Alabama receivers starting with Amari Cooper seem to have worked out pretty well. So I. I'd be completely okay with Jamison Williams. Speed, speed, speed. James, oh, so Jameson Williams at the end of the day, first team All-American, 1,500 yards. I mean, you look at what he was able to do against Georgia the first time around. I don't know how how effective he would have been second time around. Can't coach speed, transfer, first team All-American. I'll take Jameson Williams, I mean, every single time, and Garrett Wilson. I like Chris Olave, but I think he's too small. You were just hating on the wide receivers. I'm not hating on the wide receivers, man. I'm just saying he at the end of the day. He hates on slow. Like Drake London, at the end of the day, he doesn't do anything fast. I mean, he had a bunch of catches and yards, 
But that was in the Pac-12. Okay? Derek Stingley Jr., I mean, too much sauce. Sauce, sauce Gardner, you know, Kyrie Elam. I think those guys will be able to stand in front of him and have their way with him. I like him. I don't love him. Terry Fondo, stay away from him. So there's been Troop's message talk to about the it. Falcons' front office. They pick at eight. How different things – I mean, again, you talk about there's several DNs, three tackles, a couple of the corners, wide receivers. I mean, somebody is going to be there at eight that will help your ball club. It's just a matter of how badly do you want them. And I think if you're uh, – we've talked about this. If you can move – if you really think you want quarterback next year, try your, your darndest to, to move back. I know that's easier said than done, but – well, I, the thing that worries me about that is if you all of a sudden in one draft start trying to fight for a better pick the next year, sure, I you get turn it. into the Jaguars and you turn into the Detroit Lions where you're consistently at the top of the draft. The Falcons have been bad the last few years, and I think the only way to get out of that isn't just continually lose and get that number one overall pick. best way to do that is to figure out a way to win. And then just keep building on that. You look at teams like the Steelers, right? The Ravens. They're always in the playoffs. They're always giving themselves a chance to go win a Super Bowl. I I don't love the idea of tanking. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about tanking. I'm talking about moving back to get two yeah. for next year. And so I go out and play however you want to. You'll have two first rounds for next year. If you have a quarterback you like, then you have the draft capital to move up with the two first ones. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you do. This year in, in the fall, you don't need to tank. Well, I think, there's, I, think there's a, I think there's a chance that the Falcons take a quarterback with one of those second round picks, like a Sam Howell or a Desmond Ritter. So, I don't know. I, I don't know where they're at on this, but I think reality is, I think there's too many deep positions in this draft that teams aren't going to leverage. To wait, yeah, yeah, they're not going to leverage their draft to move up and grab. I, I think maybe tackle might be the spot because once you get past those three guys, there's a pretty clear drop off. And so, if you identify them and say, "I need a tackle." That might be the one spot that somebody might jump up for, but wide receiver, like we were just talking about, you might like Drake London, but I would hear arguments, and I actually believe Johan Dotson's a better wide receiver than Drake London, and you can get him in the second round. Uh, George Pickens, you could probably get him at the beginning of the second round. So there's no reason, for the most part, to trade up. I listen. I, I just know that when you look at the depth, when it comes to come to the quarterback position, I mean, cor- I mean, quarterback, wide receiver position, you have a lot of guys, and it just depends on what you like. Right now, the best receiver for uh, that's not named Kyle Pitts is Alden Tate. People say, "Why that Cordell Patterson?" Cordell Patterson is a is a jack of many trades, hey, a man, master of none. I like my, him. Lay off my man's a kiss. At the end of the day, uh, at the end of the day, Christian is a starting wide receiver group not named Cordell Patterson. Kyle Pitts walked in coach's corner. They can't. They, they need well, to come Cordell down. Patterson by the way, is a running back. Well, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, Mike Davis would say something different. He he thinks different. Is Mike Davis a running back? Because I didn't see him a whole lot last year. That, I mean, I'm just, he got he he's on he's he's RB on the depth chart, not in real life. He's LB. Buffet <laughs> <laughs> line. Let me stick thick. Well, that's why again I was talking with Chris Rim about. It. He said, "Hey, they they've gone out and done some a little bit of addressing with free agency the running back. I, I think if you get one in the draft, maybe third fourth round, you do it, and tell Cordell Patterson, sorry man, you're not the starting running back. You're the yeah. You're the do-everything guy. We just don't, don't want you carrying it 10 to 12 times. You get Damian Williams to come in, and then if and then if you can go get a guy like if Kenneth Walker falls to you in the third or fourth round. Or Zamir White. Or Zamir White or James, James Kirk or somebody like that. Brian, I, 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 like, I like Brian Robinson out of Alabama. Yeah. I think he's going to be a Oh, yes. Ooh. He'll step up and smack you on some pass protection. So, I yeah, I, I wouldn't mind the Falcons drafting a running back here. I mean, you're going to have to at some point. Yeah, again, I think even though you may seem – full at the position, 
you obviously have a competition problem. You there, ain't right? full I mean, of the position. No, no, I, 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 I say that. I, I, that's bad. I know. Again, I'm just telling you yeah. what, when we talked to Chris Rim an hour and one, he said, look, you got three running backs on the chart right now. Are you going to draft another one? I say, yeah, because you need some competition in there. And Cordell Patterson doesn't need to be your starting running back, right? I mean, he doesn't need to be that. Correct. He needs to be the playmaker in the slot, give him the ball, whatever. He doesn't need to be the 10 to 12 carry a game guy. Get him out of there. We'll come back. We are live at Coach's Corner. We got our top 10 challenge going on. Fill out your top 10 picks in the draft. Whoever gets the most correct going to win a 75-inch flat screen TV. And there is no better place to watch the draft than right here at Coach's Corner. TV's everywhere, and you're not going to want to miss a pick. Come play, play it with us. We're going to have some fun with it tonight here. Come see us at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive and Thunderbolt. This is 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Trayvon Walker out of Georgia uh, going number one. If it's not, who knows? Looks like Aiden Hutchinson, regardless of what the Jags do, is going to go no lower than two. And we start moving down the draft. Uh, where do you think the rush starts? Is it when the first tackle goes? Because there's only, I say there's only three, but there's three that people really covet. Does somebody surprise and move up for a quarterback that nobody sees coming? Where do you think the, the intrigue starts there in the draft tonight? I think the entry is going to start in the draft at, uh, you know, maybe like pick number six was everybody expects the uh, Carolina Panthers to go with a quarterback. And, Kevin, I think I think it really starts with whatever quarterback goes first. Could be whatever receiver goes first as well. So I do think when you look at these quarterbacks, I think that what happens is Malik Willis, you know, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, uh, Sam Howell. Because nowadays in the National Football League, we get, you know, everybody knows Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knows Tom Brady, right? Everybody knows Joe Burrow. You know, we, we talk about Pat Mahomes. We talk about, you know, uh, that 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 vaunted AFC West with Pat Mahomes. And, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson. I, I just I just think that when you when you look, you know, even Derek, even Derek Carr, you need a quarterback to be consistent, not just to win, but to be consistent. How do I know? There was a guy by the name of Matty Ice, gave, what, almost 14, what, 14 years in, in Atlanta? Atlanta didn't win, and it wasn't because of him. He was very, very, very consistent. So I just think that, Kevin, I think it's going to be that trickle-down effect when you think about that quarterback. Because as much as we make it seem as if this isn't, quote, the quarterback class, you still got guys that are good enough to play. Christian said something that I think is right. Malik Willis don't got the big arm. You know, like a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who does? You know, uh, Kenny Pickett been in college 13 years. The guys were ready <laughs> to make the transition to the National Football League. But Get you one of those guys. I, I look at what Kenny Pickett did for Pitt. I look at the fact that no one even knew what Liberty was outside of the freaking commercial. Tell the truth now. Then you got a guy like Malik Willis. Then you look at what Matt Corral did. You know, uh, you know. So I, I just think you know under Lane Kiffin, you look at you look at you look at what a guy like Sam Howell, the, the numbers that he put up with North Carolina, and he lost two thousand yard rushes and two thousand yard receivers. You know, and had to go out there kind of like a. Uh, you know, right to shift for a North Carolina team. So I think it's very, very tricky at the quarterback position. I think you still might have some guys go higher than they should. You might have some guys go lower than we thought they should. But all said and done, I do think Jacksonville goes with a guy like Javon Walker because I think he provides more versatility. And obviously Aiden Hutchinson might be going uh, right behind him at number two and to the line. And, again, the more we talk about it, Ben, what's the likelihood that Atlanta gets that I – won't, I won't call it a dream pick, but gets that, that scenario where a guy they really like slides, whether it be Kyle Hamilton, whether it be an Evan Neal. I mean, people look at it and say, oh, you have so many holes, you don't even have a full – you know, if we go out there to run three wides, who the heck are you putting out there? 
it'd be very tempting to take a tackle just so you could have bookend tackles for whoever the quarterback's going to be this year, down the road, what have you. What's the likelihood that somebody really falls to Atlanta at eight that they that they love and can't pass up? Very likely, because I think I think we talk about those number two picks. I think are going to be locked up. Either it's going to be you know Walker, Hudson, or Hudson Walker. You know, in that order. And then you start talking about who's going to get a quarterback. I think Kayvon Thibodeau could be there. I mean, Evan, Evan Neal could be there. I've seen I've seen Kyle, you know, uh, Kyle Hamilton slide, and he could be there. And and then and if you are Terry Fondo, if you got your pass rusher, if you got your tackle. And you got a you got a transitional type talent to say the position. Then what do you do? Because number one, you always need offensive line help. I don't care who you are. Pat Mahomes lost two Tom Brady the Super Bowl. Why? Because both his starting tackles was out. I don't know how in the world Joe Burrow even made it through the freaking season, let alone the playoffs in the Super Bowl. They had nobody at the offensive line position. And so you seeing what a, you seeing what having an offensive tackle does. But then you look at. What, you look at what Von Miller meant to the LA Rams defense, right? Because you know you you got a guy that can that can still get around and you know rush the passer even when they went up against. So I think Kevin, it's with I think Neil's going to be there. I definitely think Thibodeau and uh, Hamilton's going to be there if they are. I you get any one of those three, I think you'll be fine. Now if those three are there, and you get a quarterback, I mean you got to live with it, but you're going to scratch your head. And, and those three guys are there, and you get a receiver. I'm going to lose it because you get the receiver if they aren't there. You don't get the receiver if they are there. I think if three of those guys are there, I think you get I think you get any one of those guys. I you know I think that's I think that's a great uh great pick. We talked about it a lot with the Jaguars, who wins the room, who wins the discussion, who wins out there in Atlanta? Is it is it Terry Fontenot? Is it Arthur Smith? Is it Arthur Blank? Again, we've not normally heard his name come up in draft discussions, but let's be real, Ben. I mean, there's a guy out in in Dallas where his his opinion matters more than GM, right? He's I'm, I'm Jerry Jones. I know who we're supposed to pick. How do you think those discussions go in Atlanta, especially if it comes down to, hey, we're at number eight. There's two or three guys we like, and you got to kind of come to some some consensus there in you know seven, eight minutes of, hey, I know you like the DN. I know you like the tackle. I know you want to go wide receiver so we get some excitement out here. Who wins that discussion? It's got to be Terry Fontenot. I mean, he has he's had he has over 18 years of experience in the National Football League. He has more stripes on the wall. Arthur Smith, let's let's call it what it is. Arthur Smith's claim to fame is handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I got a 2,000 yard rusher. Well, I mean, now that you don't have Derrick Henry, you're starting you're starting you're starting a receiver and your uh, leading receiver and leading rusher at the quarterback position. I mean, at the at the receiver and running back position was Cordell Patterson. For me, it has to be Terry Fontenot. You bought him there for a reason. Trust what he's doing. He's he everything you know in New Orleans right now got built by then GM Terry Fontenot. I mean, Arthur Black seems to be a guy that just just happy at being an owner. He don't want to he don't want to just put his tools on. I, I pay you guys for a reason, man. I'm, I'm gonna stay out of it. Arthur Smith got to trust the process, Kevin, because like I said, you know we don't really know how good or bad of a coach Arthur Smith is. Because, look, you had to get rid of the, the face of the franchise. Yes, you've got Kyle Pitts. No, you haven't really had a defense to see what you can do. you got Calvin an offensive Ridley. line that's retooling. Got, <laughs> Calvin, Calvin Ridley. So, I do think Terry Fano is the, is the strongest voice in the room. Now, it's going to be difference of opinion. Because you notice, Kevin, let it know when the camera's on him. When the camera's on him, you see guys either really, either real, real deep in thought, or you see them throwing up their arms. You know when they when they get the guy they covered. I think it's gonna be Terry Fondo. I think he has the cla- the cachet to be able to go out there and the, and the, uh, you know and the experience to go out there and get done. Trust Terry Fondo, Arthur Smith. Listen, when you on camera, stop looking like a deer in the headlights. Like I don't know why every time the camera's on you. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. You you're gonna be on camera. That's a part of your job. Love you, Arthur, because I have to. 
Go out there, man. You know, have some fun. But I do think Terry Fondo is, is the guy that's going to be uh, the deciding factor. Hey, we've got more to come here at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Come see us. we got our Top 10 Draft Challenge going on. Fill out your Top 10. Whoever gets the most picks right, going to win a 75-inch flat-screen television courtesy of Coach's Corner Low Country Liquidation and Repair. Great place to come. Grab a bite to eat. Get ready for the draft. Oh, by the way, you got draft going on. And a little bit of magic happening in the ATL tonight. We'll get to that when we come back. It's three and out of the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Also coming up tonight, it's a great time to come to Coach's Corner. You got the draft. You got a chance to win a great prize. Also, Braves baseball tonight. And batting leadoff, playing right field in the field. Ronald Acuna Jr. back tonight for Atlanta. So you can watch the Braves, watch the draft, all right here at Coach's Corner. Listen, all, all I know is, Kevin, I mean, I, I – I can't be happy that you got the NFL draft kicking off here in a little bit. You know, you got Ronald Lacuna Jr. back in the crib. And, and, and like I said, Kevin, if they ask me what you want to play, he like, duh. They said you want to do DH, not happening. Yeah. If I'm going to be out there, I'm going to be out there, Kevin. I mean, what type of spark does a guy like Ronald Lacuna Jr. bring to bring to a team like the Braves right now that's one, they need something to feel good about, and they're trying to finally get over that hump and finally win a series? Well, I think it's, it's fear in the other team. Uh, right from the jump, uh, it is you are on your toes. And, again, I love Ozzie Albies. Uh, he does not bring to the leadoff spot what Ronald Lacuna does. Ronald Lacuna's a guy, he slapped this thing over the wall. You have to be very careful from the jump because why? Matt Olson, Austin Riley waiting right behind him. Ozzy Albies has some of that, but Ozzy Albies, I don't think, gets on base as much as Ronald Acuna does in the leadoff spot. And again, to me, it is that fear that on the very first pitch of the game, we could be in trouble if we're not on it. And you have to pitch very carefully right out the gate. Uh, again, Ozzy Albies, you can, depending on what side of the plate he's on, you can kind of defense him up a little bit. I think uh, tonight, man, just that electric atmosphere. Feels like it. We've been saying it for two weeks, but it feels like a good night for Atlanta to get their first series win of the year. But, you know, having number 13 back in the house, having him out there in the field helps your defense, which has been pretty rough out there in the outfield. But also, obviously, offensively gives you one more piece. I mean, let's let's be real about what just happened. You replaced Alex Dickerson, who hit the ball really well. I, I feel bad he got released because I feel like he was getting close to having balls drop in. But. You replaced Alex Dickerson with Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, that's way more dangerous right there, right off the jump. So, I mean, yeah, this should be a whole lot of fun tonight to watch him be back out there again. And the one thing I know, too, Kevin, I mean, not not to pick on him, I mean, because obviously we know he's going through a slump. What does what does having a guy like Ronald Acuna Jr. bring back to a, help a guy like Dansby Swanson? I mean, Ronald can't play for Dansby, but – Sometimes having a healthy distraction like sure. like uh like Ronald Acuna Jr. said, look, man, I realize I'm not doing what I need to be doing at the plate. What is having Ronald back in the lineup saying, let's give me the confidence? Oh, look, man, I can kind of go out there and play a little bit more loose. Yes, I know I'm trying to get out of this slump, but what does having I, Ronald do for a guy like Dan? I think to me, uh, it's kind of and this is the, the beauty of the DH a little bit here, Ben, is Dansby comes up at, at the ninth spot. How do we pitch Dansby? You got to give him something to hit. Right? Why? Well, because Acuna's waiting on deck. Right? That's a little different if it's, well, he's struggling and you got Albies. Now, Albies can hit home runs, but is he the power threat? Is he the doubles? Is he the gaps guy that Acuna is? No. And I said, again, not meant as disrespect, but you were talking about one of the top five at worst players in the game of baseball coming right behind you. So we talk all the time about, hey, you need some protection for Freddie Freeman. You had, you know, Acuna in front of him. Austin Riley behind him uh, a little bit, and then you had Jorge Soler behind him. It's like Freddie Freeman was going to see some great pitches. For Dansby Swanson, you got Ronald Acuna batting right behind you. He's in the leadoff spot, but he's behind you in the lineup. 
they have to pitch to you, right? They can't be nibbling. They can't sit there and say, we're just going to feed him a diet of sliders all night long because if we walk him, it could be 2 nothing or two runs, you know, depending on what happens next. So I think that is, in some ways, protection for Dansby at the bottom of the lineup with Ronald Acuna. We'll see how it plays out. But, again, if I'm Dansby, you should be looking at this thing going, Matt Olson's off to a great start. Uh, Riley's playing well. Ozuna's hitting the ball nicely. Ozzy is going to move back in the middle of the lineup, I think make the middle of the lineup more deadly. Acuna's back. Like, you should be looking there going, there's literally no pressure on me other than what I'm putting on myself. There was no pressure on me to go out there and, and be the guy that carries this thing. So I think to me, pressure's off. You should see some better hit, some better pitches tonight out of that nine hole because Acuna's batting behind you. We'll, we'll definitely get to see Isaiah Pack. And obviously it's not going to happen all in one game. But I think when you look at them coming into the coming into the stadium, you look at them wearing, you know, wearing the throwback Trey, you know, Trey Young. And then you look at the fact that he knows Kevin now, like you said, what I think it's his fifth year, or whatever. It was Freddie Freeman's team. We all we all know that. But he knows now, hey man, you the guy. Like, you're the guy, take your time, but be yourself. Because the thing about Ronald Acuna Jr., like they say, with, with baseball, you figured out the plate, you figured out on defense. You got to figure it out. But like you said, he still draws more fear from opposing pitches than I've ever seen. Because they know, look, man, this guy, you, you, you make a mistake and he makes you pay. I'm just happy he's back. I'm happy he's healthy. I'm happy he's in the lineup. He's number 13 on the program. He's number one in my heart. I don't care where he is in your heart. He is Ron Lacuna Jr. and yeah. he will be he will be the starting right fielder yeah. today for them. No Braves. pressure. I know everybody's like, oh, it'd be awesome if he went yard. But it's like, just let the man get back yeah. out there and yeah. uh, and take on some major league pitching. But a chance, I think, for the Braves, you got Kyle Wright, who's maybe been their most consistent starting pitcher going tonight. A chance for them to win a series uh, coming up. And again, you can come watch that here at, uh, at Coach's Corner and a draft. So you can get a little two-for-one going on participate in our draft challenge top 10 picks put them down whoever gets the most right is going to win a 75 inch flat screen television it cannot be me i probably wouldn't get in the most picks right anyway it cannot be ben it cannot be christian gokel second down so coming out have a little fun with it get something great to eat settle in for the draft and some braves baseball tonight going to be a whole lot of fun with acuna back in that lineup first man up in the bottom of that first inning we'll come back to coach's corner this is three and out on the southern pigskin radio network with the wings, the burgers, the pizza, uh, the nachos. Saw Christian, uh, you know, just devour a colossal mountain of nachos earlier. Did he offer you one? No, no I, he didn't I, offer I, you I one. I was with his reach hand, but you know, when listen, when a man is looking down at his food and don't look up, that's like a dog with a bone. Don't stick your hand. In there. Come <laughs> back was, with a nub. He was locked in. Uh, so <laughs> you can come out here to uh, to Coach's Corner, take part in our draft challenge. Uh, come watch the draft with us. Of course, uh, you got the Braves tonight as well with the return of Ronald Acuna Jr. So no better place to uh, to come and do that than uh, right here at Coach's Corner, right there at the top of the uh, the lineup. And of course, the draft uh, coming your way. Jags on the clock. Falcons there at uh, at number eight. Should be a lot of fun when uh, when that draft gets going. And if the again, Ben, I'm going to laugh. If they if Roger Goodell walks out there and goes with <laughs> the first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars did not take either one of the defensive guys. It's going to be Evan Neal. I will chuckle. <laughs> again, that's a great. Again, people will go like, "What in the world?" That's a great pick by Jacksonville anyway. But there's been so much talk about the uh, the defensive ends in this draft that if it's not one of those guys, I think people are going to go, "Uh oh!" And you might see some panicking in the draft, given that for two weeks or three weeks, nobody is even thinking that those tackles are going to be in jeopardy in the top couple picks. I remember Evan Neal was a consensus number one overall pick, and I don't know what happened, Kevin, and then they go from Aiden Hutchinson. Now you're talking about Javon Walker. If they do go with Evan Neal, that means they're going all in for a guy like Trevor Lawrence in his second year. When you look at what they did in the offseason with Zay Jones, you know, uh, you know, and Evan Ingram, and 
so are Christian Kirk. But I just don't see it. I think sometimes, you know, I don't want to be the I don't want to be the guy that had my pick of the litter. And I didn't and I didn't get what who everybody coveted. I mean, I'm looking at Aiden Hutchinson right now on TV, man. I don't know if he's a defensive end or he's or he's in a boy band, but he's about to be drafted. He's the number one or number two overall. But Kevin, I'm just saying good teams are good teams because they draft well. Bad teams are bad teams because they don't. So all I'm saying is you got the number one overall pick. First name Trevon, last name Walker. Go out there and get him because he can do everything, everything Aiden Hutchinson can do, and Aiden Hutchinson can't do a lot of things Trevon Walker can do. <laughs> so all I'm saying is they both by 6'5", 6'6", one's 275, one's by 260. One played at Georgia, the other one played at Michigan. One don't want you to watch the Georgia tape. The other one can't wait on you to turn on the Michigan tape. His first name was Trevon. His last name was Walker. He went to the University of Georgia. Go ahead, snatch him at number one. I think he'll make your team really, 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 really good. And, again, it's going to be a banner night for – Kirby Smart at the University of Georgia could have a school record of number one picks. I don't know about an all-time record, but it could have a school record for mm-hmm. number one picks. If Trayvon Walker goes number one, he will be the highest drafted Georgia defensive player. He will tie. Obviously, you can't do better than that. Matt Stafford, who went uh, number one out of Georgia. But uh, a situation where you could have four, maybe five guys for Georgia in the first round, you might be nudging close to that all-time record over the six, seven-round draft. Uh, coming up this weekend, Ben, uh, for players from one school. I don't know if Georgia will overtake it or not, but they'd be right there. That's one of the great. So if you are a, a Georgia Bulldog fan and you are locked into this draft, especially the, tonight, especially tomorrow in rounds two and three, you're going to see a lot of Georgia Bulldog football tape in this draft. And, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. When you look at, I mean, look, I know, I know that Trayvon Walker is going to be the showstopper because he got a, his potential is going to be the number one overall pick. Jordan Davis might be the best player when you talk about just add, what he adds to a defensive line. You talk about a guy, you know, uh, you talk about Quay Walker. You know, I mean, uh, you know, another yeah. guy that could go first round. The Kobe Dean, show me a better linebacker in this year's draft. You know, a little, little under six feet tall, but he he hit everything move, hit everything that move. And then I think one of the best stories, you know, of of this draft is going to be a guy like George Pickens. Go to the combine, still still compete. Georgia is if you're looking for if you're looking for if you're looking for a player this year they got I mean you got you got you got you got a cook you got White at the, at the running back position two guys not been talking about going to be a great addition to whatever team they go to Kirby Smart is sitting back going look 2021 2021 is a year of dogs you don't got like it I hate saying it <laughs> but it is the truth when you look at everything they did they were the last team standing they beat Alabama they 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 killed it at the award show they got the bling I mean Kevin we go back to the Braves it was the Braves and the dog Jordan Davis I don't know what size jersey that was but it was a Braves jersey and he looked good throwing out the first pitch hey man shout out to them dogs man at the end of the day it took them a long time to get to this point and the one thing they really doing man is not taught about an interior defense alignment for the universe Georgia is going first round. That has hasn't happened in a long time. Jordan Davis, wherever he goes, get ready, man. He's going to be a big time addition to that D line. Yeah, it's going to uh, look. And, and again, I think they're going to be a focal point, certainly in the first round of uh, of draft picks. And you could see a lot of these guys in the top ten to fifteen picks, uh, especially here tonight. We are live at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Come join us. Grab something good to eat, cold to drink, and participate in our top 10 challenge. Fill out your top 10 draft picks. Whoever gets the most out of those 10 correct. We even have a little bonus tiebreaker on the Braves-Cubs game tonight. Whoever gets the most picks correct going to win a 75-inch flat screen television. Also, you have the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society uh, right here uh, having a raffle tonight. So they're out here raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. 
So a little bit of everything going on here at uh, at Coach's Corner tonight. Yeah, Kevin, look, it's good. Listen, come out to Coach's Corner. We're going to be having a lot of fun. I, as I mean, you know, myself, Kevin Thomas, Christian Gokel, we're going to be out here, you know, watching the first 10 picks of the draft. I just think that Kevin is going to be star-studded. Ronald Acuna Jr. is back in the lineup tonight. So them Bravos got that dude back. I just think that, with it, you know, I love the draft. I think it takes me back to, a, you know, 2004 when I was blessed enough to get drafted in my hometown, Swainsboro, GA. But to every guy that's going to get drafted today, tomorrow, or Saturday, make sure you go and thank everybody that had to do what you've been to this point. It, has, it goes, it stretches much farther than the people that share the same last name as you. To every coach, teammate, guidance counselor, just make sure you tell them thank you because it took a village to get you to this point. And, again, where this point is is Las Vegas out there near the Strip. Uh, having fun with this thing, Ben, and uh, you know Las Vegas knows how to party, man. Uh, they they can they can party all night long. This is going to be great with the draft over the next uh, three days, and life changing money for a lot of for for everybody uh, in this draft. And again, at the end of the day, you pick them, and then it's up to the player to make it work and the coaches make it work uh, after that. So uh, a lot of fun. And again, I think when you sit back and realize, hey, these young men that have worked hard, just because you don't like to pick. Ain't the young man's fault. He said, hey, they picked me. I'm taking the money. Show me the money. Cha-ching. Two people are guaranteed to get, to get booed. Roger Goodell and the Jets pick, no matter what. <laughs> we'll have more for you from Coach's Corner. Come see us. Take part in our draft challenge, and we'll see you tomorrow on 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network.